Hey everybody, Dan Tom here from the Pateki Neck Podcast. Not an official episode, just turning some audio over from last night's UFC 284 alternate commentary that I laid down on the YouTube channel, Dan Tom MMA, with Ant Walker MMA, of course, as my co-host. We just, you know, got some commentary reps for the both of us, and, uh, you know, in return, uh, shot the breeze with a live chat who was scoring. Uh, we couldn't really get too much scoring conjecture as we were calling the fights and trying to stay as a professional as we can whilst calling, of course, kind of shooting the breeze in between and after for a in-the-moment recap. Again, I'm going to watch these fights to get a more educated view, uh, you know, especially on, on the main event and whatnot. So um, if you're looking for that, you know, go easy on me. Again, I'm calling the fights. Hard to be super technical or scoring or having like a specific highly adept mindset when you're uh, trying to call and get your reps in. So hopefully that's enjoyable to you guys. We actually had much more, uh, you know, stream connection uh, goodness, um, like from the co-main event and the main event, it's like seamless. So if you guys do like the sync up or just for your regular audio stuff in the background, um, this one should be uh, less choppy and, and even better. Having a great time with Ant, but please feel free to give me your feedback on these episodes. Without further ado, enjoy. Again, it's, uh, we're just getting started here. Randy Brown's walking out on my stream. Again, folks, disclaimer, this is the alternate commentary. Dan Tom here for Taking Neck Podcast, MMA Junkie, Action Network. But yes, here on my YouTube channel where these go down with my guy Ant Walker, MMA, of course, co-hosts with the Moses. Uh, Dan Tom, MMA on the YouTube channel. Thanks for joining, everybody. See you. Rain Lamina, James Kendrick, uh, Mark Fellows, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy in the chat. Co uh, Chronic Combat Conversations up in here. Ghost Phantom. Uh, be sure to give it a like, uh, subscribe if you want to participate. Uh, this, this, I don't pollute your feed or anything. You guys can submit scores. Randy Brown's walking in now on my feed. I'm probably going to be pausing. We're going to go a little bit behind. I'm going to sync up with my man Ant's feed. Of course, we're all watching from different parts of the world. Uh, and even when you were watching from the, you know, uh, the same location, like I can be watching from one, my laptop and my TV, those times aren't going to be the same, right? So we're going to play it safe and we're going to be lagging behind. It may be maybe even up to like 30 seconds behind at some points, 45 seconds. We're going to try not to and re-steer uh, close like last week if that happens. But silver lining, we won't be spoiling it like most of the journalists do, live tweeting uh, at the actual events. Right, Ant? We're not going to be spoiling anything. Absolutely. So we're going to be just a, a tad bit behind, so that means it's okay. You can just go ahead and enjoy it, and um, you'll get our live reactions. It may not be live to the moment, but it's live in some way metaphysically. I don't know what 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 level of science are we are we using to break things down today? 
we'll go metaphysical, you know, or, you know, we're just going through Ethernet cables and Internet. The good thing about this time differential is if you guys want to submit scores and stuff, it, it gives you a little bit more of an extra buffer to do that, right? Especially if you're busy on Twitter, you're snacking, you're drinking, you're running to the bathroom, you're, you're, you're thinking, whatever. Just, just shoot it on into the chat and uh, we're, you know... This isn't a professional broadcast, but you know, hopefully, it'd be nice to get some more of that work in the future. So we're gonna do our best to um, keep it as professional as possible while the round is in. Uh, Jack Delamena, Madalena, starting to walk in on uh, my stream. Um, I may uh, pause here when they do the walk in, and a lot of times they do the walk in, and then they'll they'll flash the graphic below their name. Yeah. Uh, you got Jack Delamena, Madalena walking in red corner, and I'm gonna see if I can pause it. Um, when he uh, when it shows his graphic, it's not doing it. it. Might have to wait to the actual check-in zone. I'm gonna pause it when that graphic pops up for Jack, and I'll wait for Ant uh, to get to that part, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I've got I, I've got Randy Brown at the uh, prime hydration zone right now. Okay. So, well, is that what they're calling the the check-in point now? Is that the prime hydration zone? I'll be damned if I'm gonna call it that, but I believe so. <laughs> unfortunately, right? Unfortunately, <laughs> oh my! I mean, the irony. We could have a whole show just on. Um, you know, uh, the worst people in the world and how they have magnets to find each other, you know? <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But uh, it's, uh, it's it's lovely. I, I'm, I'm young enough to remember when uh, looking like NASCAR was a bad thing for the UFC. So Yeah, yep, yep. By the way, I didn't even, like, bother to ask Ant's opinion. I'm just, like, broad-brushing mine. And another, another reason why I have Ant on the broadcast, folks, because uh, I'm just figuring that – and it's okay. It, it's good to disagree. But, you know, on certain things I figure I can throw out there, and he'll probably agree with me and not call me crazy, you know, so that helps. Yeah, yeah, we're we're right in line with a lot of this stuff, Dan, so. Yeah, yep, yeah, J yeah. Jack Della Maddalena took off his shirt, and then it, it stretched across the screen, uh, Jack Della Maddalena, you guys are probably uh, a bit ahead of that, so no worries. If you're listening in the future, 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 um, I'm going to link it uh, link it in once we get locked. I'll try, to keep, I'll try my best to keep it on my time once I get in sync with Ant. And um, in case he falls out of sync, he'll just try to resync in with that. Because at least last time, knock on wood, my connection was the more steadier one. You guys know, even when you're using the ESPN Plus players and doing everything, um, it's it's still hit and miss, right? So I'm going to do my best for you guys. But again, this is going to be later. Once we get synced up here, once this process is over, um, I'm going to do my best to keep my... Uh, my alternate timeline and all this metaverse movie talk with alternate like universes. We're gonna we'll try to keep it somewhat consistent with uh, the universe we establish here. Back to that talk. Yep. So I've got I've got Jet making his walk on on my feed right okay. now. So I'll let you know. Um, his graphic just flashed as he's taking his shirt off. Okay. The, uh, cool. So just the manscape check-in point. Yep. Hand slap oh, first course. one. Hug first one. Hand slap second oh. one. Hug second one. And of course, no sooner does I say that, that my feed starts acting oh, up. So here we go. You, right. you, you got to love it. You got to love it when we're live. It's okay. Uh, at least we know we're in the neighborhood now. We got in the neighborhood. So I'm going to stick on this where Jack is checking in. We got a little bit of Tai Tuivasa on the screen. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, I'm going to reward the, those of y'all, especially tuning in on the chat and, and make sure I'm interacting with you guys. Uh, both by, you know, not too much between rounds, not too much time. I'm just going to be throwing your scores up on the screen. Uh, you guys can score. We, we, we cannot. It's like... You know, aside from the fact that I, I bet these fights, which I'm going to keep out of the broadcast bias, yes, there is the broadcast bias where you're broadcasting, you're not scoring. So you guys can help uh, toe the line there. Um, 
Hey, my guy, Jack Slack, the timestamp guy, has sending you love and positivity, my friend. Sending you love and positivity, too. Thank you for that model on the timestamps. I'm going to use that going forward. And in turn, my listeners should thank you, too, because it's, it's more of a benefit to them. So appreciate that. Got an Adam Martin tweet hitting the screen. It says, love watching Jack Della as they're flashing to both fighters as we're getting ready for the tail of the tape. Hasn't hit my screen yet, Ant, but uh, just doing that kind of, uh, you know, camera back and forth here while it's like, you know, the awkward moments before the, jeez, uh, oh, I'm already getting myself in trouble here uh, with the porno <laughs> reference. But, you know, let's push on. Uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, man, I, this, this is going to be a fun one. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, our predictions and stuff, whether we've made them in other shows, that stuff doesn't really matter here. We may reference it offhand in conversation. But I will say this, Ant, we didn't get to hear it. But uh, did did Randy Brown come out the hot stepper again? Because if he did, he wins the walkout here, no matter what the result. I, the I think is. that's what he came out. I could barely, I could like faintly hear the music, but that's what it sounded like to me. I'm a sucker for um, I'm a sucker for th- for certain jams of a generation. That's a, a classic classic song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he, he it got me going last time. Uh, uh, he came out on one of these Vegas shows, and I was I don't know. I just I always remember random things like that. I'm like, okay. I like it. Yeah, the walk walkout music is a is a very important thing for me. Yes, you're. I mean, that's actually why my channel is called the Walkout Network. Besides nice. my name being Anthony Walker, so. Well, say you're a hip hop uh, music head, my friend. So uh, you should have Absolutely. high high taste and a high uh, high expectation. Jack, Absolutely. Jack Della Madalena being called in by Bruce. His graphic just flashed on the screen for you, Ant, and the audience listening live and in the future. Future. Hmm. I've got I've got sound with no picture right now, so <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> we we need the opposite, I know, right? Wow. Uh, also, got to give uh, Ant a, a thank you, not just for joining me as uh, we're getting clocked in on my clock. I know y'all are ahead, but uh, because we're tying in to help keep it somewhat consistent, that means uh, Ant is having to do the heavy leg work um, as a co-host. So I appreciate that, Ant. Uh, and, uh, oh, it's all good, man. We are queued in on mine, 458, 457. I will sprinkle these timelines, not too atrociously, but enough for people listening in the future, as well as my co-host to link back in when he can. And if you want to interrupt me with random factoids uh, that you know can fit in a fight anytime, feel free to just jump in and, and shoot the shit in again. <laughs> not course, professional leg kick, though, from uh, Della Maddalena to Randy Brown. Of course, Della Maddalena will switch stances, both orthodox right now, primary stance, for both fighters. Randy Brown's using a lot of his length and his jab. That shouldn't surprise you too much hearing that, Ant. Of course, of course you're familiar with this fighter. Randy Brown is the more experienced UFC fighter. Della Maddalena, a more fresh face, but one we're taking seriously as he lands another leg kick. And Randy Brown looks to land an oblique sidekick to the leg in return. Nice jabs in conjunction with front teeps for, for Brown. Very good. A little Nate Diaz slapping rear right hand as he continues to finish with a lead hand. Very smart for Brown, but he's backing up into the kill zone for Madalena. Like Robbie Lawler, you don't want to find yourself in between the inner black octagon lines and that fence. Brown can kind of dance in between there, trying to take back the center as Della Madalena looking to counter. Not sure if he got hit in the eye. He shakes it off as he's really trying to find his range. Feeling out period like I'm sure many suspected. 334, 333, 332 in the first round we go. 
Appreciate those of you joining us in the chat. Of course, UFC 284. Nice lead front kick by Randy Brown. Jerks the chin back of Jack Della Maddalena. Della Maddalena seems unbothered, pressure, and corralling toward the cage, trying to corral with hooks. But Randy Brown using good lateral movement, really hard to get a hold of early. Love Madalena's boxing. Let's see if he uses... Oh, and a shifting right hook, and he flattens Brown. Pounding, pounding. Right hammer fist, right hammer fist. How long is Mark Goddard going to let it go? No, Randy Brown's trying to get up. Randy Brown is trying to get up and defend himself. Oh, Jack on his back, going for the rear naked choke. One hook in, and gets the tap. It's another first-round finish for Jack Della Maddalena. Wow. Wow. A lot of betting value for a lot of betters on Randy Brown with that plus number, but the uh, chalk was not just inflation as the Australian comes through. And I know, uh, I know, I know you were jumping for streams, but you're familiar with both these guys. You heard the kind of quick play-by-play. -play. Uh, Randy Brown had a good start, but it just soon as he started touching that kill zone, got hit. Um, were you a believer of, of Jack before this? Were you doubtful of Jack before this? Do you have any any thoughts? Uh, does this not surprise you? I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me very much. I mean, this was definitely a matchup that I I expected this sort of result. Randy Brown is has consistently been the sort of guy that you can. You can guarantee action on the card, but you can also get a good gauge of, of someone on the come up. And putting Jack Dillamant um, in front of him in Australia, it just sounds like something that, that was set up to excite the crowd one way or another. And of course, the UFC was probably hoping that this was the result that they'd have. Absolutely. Speaking of Australians, Mark Fellows in the chat. JDM, let's go, Mark Fellows. Raise one for him. Raise one for me. Uh, again, I, I mean, I'm staying straight for these broadcasts for you guys, folks. So I know my mom, my man Mark Fellows is a is a beer drinker himself. So uh, hope you're happy, guys. Uh, Randy Brown included. They uh, they deserve uh, uh, they deserve one after that. That was. I hope I hope Brown is okay in all seriousness. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena getting lined up by Goddard. There's Randy Brown as Bruce Buffer is about to announce it and make it official on my my stream. Ghost Phantom says, not too much body work for Jack, but he got the win. Yeah, not too much body work. I, I was thinking, I was going to mention before he got the finish, maybe we see him mixing uh, a little bit more leg kicks, you know, to, to, to help corral Brown in his movement. But uh, did not need it. The shifting right hook is all it took. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, my man Ant can get back on a stream and at least maybe catch the replay as they do on these post fights. Bisping is interviewing now. Yeah, I'm um, watching the um, the post fight interview. And I think we're I think we're out of sync again. Um, interview just wrapped up on my end. Okay, I'll speed up to you. That's be that's better because that's okay. closer to the audience. So, if, how about this a rule of thumb? If ants if ants ends up uh, ahead of me, I'll speed up to him. Whoever's uh, more ahead in the stream, sound like a, a cool rule. Yep, that'll work. All right, taking pictures. Uh, Kakar France slip throw. KSI in the crowd. Oh, yeah, Kakar France now. Yep. Oh, okay. So we're, we're about synced up now. I uh, paused on Faber and playing on Faber. Yep, Faber. Faber just pointed to his shirt, and it's off Faber slow. Yep, we're good. Okay, cool. We'll stay on this. Uh, I'm going to go through the chat. Jack Della, Rain Lamina. Jack Della fan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no need the scores there, says James Kendrick. Agree, yeah. No need, no need scores. Indeed, not even for a round score. Uh, yeah, like what? It, Jack has only been in the second round like once in the UFC. 
No, just uh, all first round finishes, and then he Is, went oh, all no, three oh, with thought... uh, Ang-, Ang Lusa in his contender series fight. Oh wow, yeah. Okay, that's all right. Wow, because I I thought it would, he at least made the second round once, but no, no, he's yeah, it's all first rounders. Like he's gotten out of the first three minutes once. Jimmy Kudo asked, does it disappoint you, Dan, that there wasn't as much body punching? No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, he got the job done without the, the body and leg kicks, I mean, for what that's worth. So I, who am I to criticize? But uh, no, I, it was fun while it lasted. I, I can't complain about that one, Jimmy Kudo. I cannot complain. Uh, Rain Lamb and a nice Dan shifting right hook is all it took. All it took <laughs> was a fat chronic. There's uh, a J from Jay and Simon. <laughs> Straight back there, jeez. Uh, triggering all the old, old old 90s stuff for me. Um, all right. Uh, Barton Spacklecrisp. Hello. Love the Fight Companions. Thank you, Barton. Appreciate that. All right, thank you, Barton. I'll just go ahead and throw a thank you in there. This is only my second time doing this with you, but I'm, I'm just going to throw a th- thank right, you. I'll assume right. it was for me, too. How about how about you know, and not just addressing appropriate for the stream, but even the podcast, you know, uh, with the Wu Tang. Uh, oh man, you know, you keeping know. the protect your neck theme uh, in tow. I appreciate it. Yeah. Of course, of course. I saw I saw that hat sitting there. I was like, yeah, this is this feels appropriate right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, you're you're at home wearing that. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> uh huh. We had a of Gone promo. I guess it's the is this the the, the the Jones and Gone promo. Yeah, this is um. Man, I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Like, as much as I mm-hmm. wanted to see Jones versus Ngannou, like, that's that's the really big fight that could have been made, obviously. But but I think from a stylistic standpoint, Gon and Jones provides a much better product. Yeah, I won't say too much to spoil too much or anything, but we were asked to do a – there's a video project that's coming out from uh, us at the staff at MMA Junkie about who we're more excited to see between Connor and Jones. And uh, shout, shout <laughs> yeah. out, to, shout out to Easy. Eugene S. Robinson. But uh, you know, I, I, the Jones chapter. Say what you will, wherever you stand, you cannot deny that is an important chapter. We got to see finished at least, in, at least see what these later chapters look like, right? So, Absolutely. Uh, spoiler alert: that's going to be my answer. Although I, I inserted some funny stuff in there because uh, you guys know me, uh, I got to be a little bit cheeky with my answer on something like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> You see stuff stuff like that is like man I, you know I need a I need a job full-time job in MMA. So th- that's the sort of stuff I need to do for a living. Um instead of you know not doing that for a living obviously. Yes, well anybody watching this and is really good and uh hopefully we we, we can uh, see him uh, flex uh flex his wings here a bit on the co-main event main event coming up. Uh, of course, on uh, our streams right now, folks, you may be a little ahead. We got the He's Back Still logo, John Jones being advertised. Yep. Uh, while we got time, speaking of promos, usually at this this level of uh, UFC grind, like this type of video package is the one unveiling the one big thing aside from the actual fights on a pay-per-view card. But they actually did a legit big thing, a pay-per-view, and not just an, an, a normal Hall of Fame thing where it's like, we're, you know, the, the person in the uh, halfway half chub erect wing we're introducing who was long overdue in jen's pulver that uh wow that really got me did, did you catch that and um yes i did i i turned in, uh, everything on just as that was that was starting up and it's been so long overdue that jen's pulver gets recognized uh by the ufc hall of fame i mean he's a guy who helped put the lighter weight classes on the map in in, in general like he he was the the original Volkanovski. He was the original yep. of all the lighter weight fighters that we like to see now. He was the first one. 
um, to, to do it at that level. And I also think that he's someone who got really sort of disrespected, I think, by the the UFC at, yep. at a certain point. Like he was just forgotten about. And even as a he had a good stint as a commentator, a commentator for the WC, and that yeah. just sort of vanished as well. Someone that just was just not used. And I remember him, you know, taking his his case to the media and like wanting to get more reps behind the mic and wanting to do more commentary work and expand as a broadcaster. And he was never really given that opportunity after having what appeared to be a successful stint uh, with the WC before. So it's good that the UFC has kind of spun the block and they've coming back to, to Jens Pulver and recognizing the greatness that they have in front of them. Absolutely, man. Godfather of the lightweight division, I mean, was fighting when they were... It's funny, I think the UFC at a certain point was calling... You know, they call middleweight 199 and below or something. They started to make a little bit of weight classes. When they had a lightweight, it was like 170. And like Jens Pulver was like 160-something fighting at that. And then when they finally yeah, had lightweight, they called, they called right? it 33. Uh, I just posted a clip of that where you had like Carmen Electra, uh, who was clearly being paid to be there in the, it, with with, uh, with her boyfriend. What was that guy, the other guy, the notable guy? And like... Uh, Dennis Rodman? Was that her boyfriend? No, no, it was uh, the, uh, the dude with the... Looks like he's gonna steal your girl with the weird kind of uh, small beard, but like the, the the Latin eyes. I don't know if he's Latin. Maybe it's, forgive me, uh, yeah. but I, I forget. It's just very like of the year two thousand couple, right? Late nineties, yeah. like uh, uh, of ilk. And you can hear it was so bad. You can hear the the camera guy speaking and see them speaking to the camera guy, UFC camera guy behind the camera, going, "What? What? What do you want me to say? <laughs> it's boring because it was like such a boring card." Um, you know, so it was just funny. Like you forget about like how far back it goes, but uh, I tweeted, um, I'm glad that they have it. Uh, Emmett, uh, they're playing the video package now. Uh, I'm glad that they have it on this Makachev card considering the lightweight title is up for grabs, obviously. And, you know, not to sound like a hater, but it's, you know, let's be honest. The, the, the Khabib Islam fan group is a special type of fan group and they tend to lead, um, the ignorant conversation of trying to anoint greats in Mount Rushmore as I see these conversations and it's like all fighters within like the past five years and like you don't see right. BJ Penn, you don't see Jens Pulver, uh, you don't see Gomi, you don't see any of these guys and it just makes me sick. These I don't want to be old man screaming on my lawn, Ant, but I'm like these kids, they don't understand and respect what came before them, you know? And um, and so I think it's really important, you know, that they did that on this card. I know that wasn't their intention, but I think it's, a, it's an added bonus Absolutely, because this is um, a fight for the belt that he sort of ushered into the UFC. Like this is this is uh, his legacy uh, essentially in front of him uh, in in the main event. So what a more appropriate way to to honor him than than have it there. And and he was, I mean, the the pin pulver one like that was that was considered a super fight at its time. Like not the way we define um, you know the weight class champion versus weight class champion right. fight as as a super fight, but. As far as the unstoppable force against the unmovable object, that was one of the first um, events where that was a feature. That was that was a true super fight between those two at the time. Um, it's so a super fight for the the belt that that was originally up for grabs, and that super fight sounds perfect to yep. a, a time to uh, usher Jens Pulver into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and by the way, that was uh, AKA back then in BJ Penn's corner. So you had Javier Mendez, a lot of the same faces that was in Khabib, uh, Khabib's corner were in BJ's right. corner for, for that first title uh, run of his, even though he, he lost that first time to Pulver. And yeah, people don't recognize this. The, just alone, the UFC tried and failed three or four times just to get the division off the ground. Name me another division where that's happened. I'll wait. 
Even the flyweight division, if you want to count the weird draw, should have been drawn Australia, the prolonged outcome of it, the threat that we almost had to lose it a couple years ago. Even if you try to flex all those technicalities, it does not still meet the, the, the criteria that the lightweight division has. And why, I, if you guys read my quick picks and prognostications, we'll move on to the broadcast from this. That's why I always trash the matchmakers for not for like disrespecting the lightweight division um, and not utilizing it. They're using heavyweights and light heavyweights to open the cards all the time. It's like, yo, lightweight division is still a literal third of the roster. And that's a giant, inflated, bloated roster of today. It's still at least a third of. Yet, where, where, where have all the lightweights gone? Oh, ooh, whatever that 90s song is, right? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's ridiculous how disrespected this division arguably is still. So, respect to the lightweight division, respect to Jens Pulver. Yeah, the, the lightweight division is, is certainly the division that you can't just turn your back on. The, you talk about the perfect blend of athleticism, of power, of technical prowess. Like, they, they have it all. Mm-hmm. And they have the numbers. I mean, you can close your eyes and just pick two random names yep. out of the top 15 in the UFC at lightweight, and you're going to have an exciting fight, if not a, a potential title fight. That, like That's how deep that division is. That's how exciting it is. And there, it would be um, in the UFC's best interest to feature them more prominently across main cards in general, to have them open the cards, to have them be the ones that, that lead you into the pay-per-view uh, or something, because you need more movement in this division. You, you just Absolutely. need more movement in it, and you have enough names to where there's such a logjam. Get these guys active. Get these guys in front of an audience, uh, and, and people will be anticipating some of these potential high, high-action matchups. Absolutely. We got Josh Emmett coming into the uh, checkpoint station right now. He just handed off his shoes on my stream. He's taking off his shirt on my stream now, Ant. Yep, mine as well. Okay, cool. That's where we're at, folks. I'm sure you guys are still a bit ahead of us. Totally okay. At least we're not spoiling things for you. Since we're ahead, uh, we had a question coming in. And real quick, Josh Emmett walking in. Uh, if Randy Brown got the best walkout, I don't know what Josh Emmett's walking out now, folks. Perhaps you guys can fill me in. He changed it last time. But he has this weird song that sounds like something from uh, a mix of like CKY to like uh, reggae rap. Uh, it's it's really I don't know it's a maybe it's a good song I don't know but like it it just always gets stuck in my head and it's like it, it itches at like an, an annoying chord in my head and I like Josh Emmett by the way <laughs> just saying the, what I'm hearing right now it sounds like it sounds like something that would would have been a, a leftover track from a Rocky movie okay yeah like maybe, like maybe that not. sort of synth inspirational rock. Okay. That you, right. Yeah, that you'd expect in like a, a, a training montage in, in Rocky Three. That's that's what I'm kind of hearing now. But I don't have the volume up high enough to really figure out what what the song is. I'm sure mm. there'll be there'll be some articles with the um the walkout music listed. I'm sure. If not, I'll I'll uh, email someone at UCPR see if I can get that. Hey, listen, he's 37 years old like me, and I am prone to listening to weird stuff all across the board so far be it for me to talk mr walker but yeah you're you're 37 yeah you're a young man young man (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah 37 Respect your elders dan respect your elders yeah okay okay all right right. you don't gotta you don't you don't gotta divulge uh no no please please don't beat me up dan i'm sorry don't beat no 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 you don't gotta divulge your age i said uh oh no no i'm 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 40 man i'm cool with that that's right that's right the sexiest forty-year-old you ever seen in your life. I was gonna say, right. man, you got great genes, man. <laughs> hey, man, we 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 said this off air. Um, I think last time we we uh, did this, I'll just say it on air. People of color, we 
we're doing good on the aging. We we um we do, man. It looks right. good. That's right. Hey, by the way, uh, we, I got a question in for you, Ant. Rodriguez walking out now, so we got time for it. it comes from Australian, uh, a, a fellow Australian out there, Mark Fellows. Uh, question for Ant: Any chance of Backfist Boys reunion? You're welcome oh. in Australia for our next card later in 2023. Oh my God, I would love a Backfist Boys reunion. That would be everything. And shout out to Dennis and Casper right now who are doing all their all the best coverage for Submission Radio that they possibly can. I love and miss those guys so much. Those guys are awesome. Oscar. I know he's out there now doing his thing. You know, Oscar. Dan, I know that's your man too. Like. Oscar's one of my best friends. I love him to death. Nice. Um, James Lynch, another Backfist boy. Hunter, another Backfist boy. Shout out to the Backfist boys. I I hope there can be a reunion. I would love to be in Australia for a live UFC event. If I get myself attached to a major outlet that has a travel budget and they send folks out, raise my hand for the next Australian card. Australia is on my bucket list of travel, and I would just love to see a, a, a fight in a foreign atmosphere as well. So... Please let it happen. Let it happen, Mark. We're having a beer when that when that does happen. Yeah, man. Australia is up there for me. Maybe top three off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, I would love to do. Um, you know, I, I'll cheat and I'll say I'll count anywhere from UK to Ireland as one, Australia yeah. two, and Korea because I still remember. I know they got recently cheated from an event, and I still remember that just loud, crazy feel that Benson Henderson Masvidal. Uh, card back in 2015 I, I would love to experience something like that in person oh for sure for sure like i'm it's definitely a, it's a lot of fight uh locations on my bucket list like sure i, I want to do a fight at like mgm grand or pearl pearl of palms like the smaller casino yeah uh, venues yeah. i, I want to do one of those i want to do an apex center show just to get a feel for what it's like to be in that empty arena um and just Th- those hear are, the those sounds are, of the, those are of the nice. hits yeah. yeah, it's just a different a different vibe. So a lot of, a lot of different things on my bucket list as a as an MMA media member that Ro- that I've got to check off. Rodriguez at the check in station now. Uh, I got a question from Jimmy Kudo. Question for Dan: Is Jack Della the type of fighter you would be? No, I, he's good. First of all, uh, he said uh, Jimmy says switch hitting, <laughs> body punching, and scrabbly wrestler. Switch hitting, uh, body punching slash body attacking. Yes, um, your boy probably. Man, I, I punch more than I kick, but I probably kick more to the body more than I punch to the body, if I'm being honest. I'm trying to balance out that equation better. Uh, definitely, that's not the equation as what I work on the bag, but what you work on the bag and what you do realistically sparring are two different things, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, I mean, ideally, I would love to be much more of a body puncher or look like Jack Della Maddalena. It's It's much harder than it looks, even though many of us preach it, but that's why respect to Jack. Yeah, body punching is a is a very complex thing, even in boxing, mm-hmm. um, to, to target in the body. So with MMA, when you have the potential to get kneed in the head for leaning over too hard, or or you open yourself up to clinches, and it, you know it, it makes it much more difficult than what it looks like. The the one advantage though is the smaller gloves that, that can kind of sneak past holes yeah. in, in someone's defense. So yeah, that if, is very if you true. can if you go ahead and take the risk, it, it might be available to you more often than you realize. Very true. We've got the tail of the tape on the screen for me right now. I'll tell you at the moment it fades off in case we want to see how how close we are. Just faded off and Bruce Buffer. This is a 3D weird looking jacket. Yeah, this is actually pretty conservative on the on the Buffer jacket scale. He he's it gotten is. little out there. Yeah. 
I usually don't notice it as much until like after the fact. I, I was doing tape for this card and I forget what what <laughs> fight it was, but there was one where I'm like, how did I not notice this live when it happened? Like, what is that? It's hurting my eyes. How did I not notice this? You know. <laughs> I, I did did um last week's uh, Bellator 290. Did Mauro Ronaldo's jacket look really marvelous on television? I didn't get to see him on the. I, I barely. I, I saw like one and a half fights, barely. Uh, okay. Yeah, because in the arena, it 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 was it was sparkling. That's for sure. You know, that's my problem with um. That's my problem with uh these things. I, I'm barely able to watch. I tell my audience all the time, man. I'm barely able to watch these fights now these days. It's, it's sad. I was doing some dog collar stuff and some other. My website crashed. So I was fixing that. Like I watched maybe a fight 1.5 fights of the whole entire prelims today oh yeah <laughs> just just it the happens. way it goes and i didn't even finish uh, studying through the prelims you know um it just it's just crazy i feel like i, I really gotta i say i gotta focus on my time management but i've been getting a lot done i've been getting a lot done we got some sweet thumbnails y'all check those out i know i i showed my guy ant uh, before they went up but uh, hopefully you guys in the chat let, let me know if you uh dig the dig the upgrades with the, the professional look right there. Look at that. Just dressing us up. We're just a bunch of ruffians. And look at us looking all good online. That was my girl. So, you know, you just uh, the, the, I will pass the compliments on to the chef. Yes, yes. Please tell her I said thank you. She did a fantastic job. Nice, nice. All right. They're just finished announcing Rodriguez in. They're bringing him into the center. Who do we got for this one? My my, my favorite referee, at least Herzog. Not saying there's a wrong or right answer there, by the way. Uh, no, he's that's, just my the, favorite. that's the right answer. That's the right answer. Herzog right. is consistent and he's knowledgeable. He enforces the rules. That that and he owns up to mistakes when he does make them. Yep. That that's a guy that you want refing your fight. All right, folks. Broadcast mode. Excited, excited um, for this one. Say what you will about the, the the stakes of it. It's 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 a fun matchup. This is definitely an exciting fight on paper. Let's see if they can deliver in, in person. Uh, Rodriguez taking the center of the cage, both very heavy on the movement, and the feeling out process begins. Absolutely, four forty eight, four forty seven, four forty six on my clock. Just uh, some a bit of dancing right now, a little feeling out process, which not not too uh, very smart, I should say. Don't rush it, it either party. Yeah. Not even a probing jab so far. So this is this feeling out process is a lot more feely than than I <laughs> anticipated. There, um, well, Rodriguez throws the first uh, blow with a front kick, uh, pump fakes for another, and he resets. Uh, Emmett is is definitely looking lighter on his feet than we normally see him. It looks like he's coming in prepared to have a full on kickboxing match with Rodriguez. Yeah, that's the thing here. Um, you think that Emmett would be the one pressuring and, if anything, wrestling for a game plan and background, right? But that's my theory here. I don't know if he uh, is confident enough in his gas tank to to push that. We saw him push a lot of takedowns in his Scott Holtzman fight out at lightweight, and since then, it's just been the sparse late-round takedowns here and there. Let's see if Emmett incorporates them more, but again, more of that feeling-out process Ant just spoke of. Right, and and Rodriguez is a guy that you have to There's manage your gas tank appropriately. Wow, this he's body a guy kick. who's proven himself to be able to finish later in the fight as he did against Korean Zombie. Mm -hmm. He he's a guy who's gone five rounds multiple times. It, you know, we we kind of forget about that that wild like sort of kung fu battle he had with Alex Caceres that was a five rounder. So he's been in there for 25 minutes and lasted the distance. I mean, he picked up in my opinion the last round against Max Holloway, um, and and that loss. So. If you are Josh Emmett, you have to be concerned about what you're going to look like in the latter rounds because sure. Rodriguez is likely to be there still throwing the same volume. 
Absolutely, and I don't blame him, but that is just a reality here. A lot of fighters. Another body, oh, body kick, kick and a check right a, hand. To a punch. Nice. Yes. Double yeah. jab pumped out for uh, for Rodriguez as he's circling out. And now it looks like Emmett has gone more into that, that flat-footed sort of plotting approach. I, I expect him to be loading up a power hand right now. Yeah, he's going to have to get some respect and really implement uh, his game plan, for lack of a better word. He cannot stay at kicking range. Another body kick by Rodriguez. Another body kick, wow. He's, he's, oh, he's coming in with that right hand. Looks like he tagged Rodriguez once. Uh, Rodriguez kind of ate it, delivering another body kick. That body kick looks yep. like it is central to his, his game plan tonight. You know, MMA Junkies analyst called for the body kick and the leg kicks to be something to play off of, and Rodriguez doing that now. Let's see if he uses a little bit more of that southpaw double attack. He switched up to the head briefly before. And and see Rodriguez really cautious with his defense there, holding up that, that left hand to block that, that power right that you know was coming from Emmett when he gets in close. Much more respectful than he was in the aforementioned Holloway fight, right, Ant? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, looks like a, a very smart game plan right now from Rodriguez. Let's see if he can keep it up uh, or if Emmett can, can find a way to adjust and, and change the, the tides for him. Yeah, Emmett has not faced a lot of dedicated kickers, and uh, even people who box like Burgos ate up his lower leg, so we're really getting to see what he does against a range kicker here. Tries to return yeah, and, off and a right-hand leg kick. Rodriguez very comfortable there on, on the outside. The, the, those, that kicking game, absolutely phenomenal. He's doing a great job of throwing punches after the kicks. Looks like he ate one from, from Emmett, one of those right hands. Emmett trying to close in, throws him to the ground, after a, a pretty sloppy clinch, let's see if Emmett can, can land the ground and pound and make the best use of this advantageous position. Yeah, it must have hurt Rodriguez if uh, it seemed to not just get the respect, but shove him down kind of easily. I hate to use that word. Emmett pounding away now. He's got a wrist trapped. Looking to uh, elbow, see. step over to half, smashing down on the, on the side scissor. Looking got, to pass. Uh, Trying to. Yeah, he's got that got that leg up to to keep Emmett from really uh, getting comfortable. Out, he's going for it's like some sort of armbar attempt, but not nothing solid there. Looks like he's back inside control. Yeah, Rodriguez needs to try to regard. He can make some kind of low percentage uh, moves down there on the bottom that he's been criticized before. Let's see if he can try to you know get conservative, shore things up, try to recover. Yeah, you're switching out to looks like he's going to like a but, half butterfly guard. Nice elbows by and Emmett. And close the full guard. Yes. Costing him a couple elbows, but he did regard. Yeah, and at this point, I mean, 15 seconds left left in the round. You know, if if you're Rodriguez, try to hold him, try to minimize damage and, and ride this clock out. Uh, that would be that would be the the thinking from the corner, I, I would guess. Rodriguez attacking a lot off his back, though, at least. Some hard hammer fists, and the round comes to a close. Depending wow. on how, how hurt or how much hurt the uh, Rodriguez appeared to the judges' cage side, ultimately, uh, you got to imagine you know that, that round doesn't look bad for Emmett, though. It was looking bad for him. I had Rodriguez winning the round first half. We're not scoring, folks. Feel free to submit your scores in the chat. Yeah, and, and this is this should be a very interesting round as far as what what strategy Emmett takes because we saw him switch up game plans mid round. Um, he got the fight to the ground not necessarily by by him initiating a takedown, just by the the chaos of the fight. 
he wound up in top position. Now does he go back to that? Now does he say, hey, I need to get back in that position and, and land some damage? Or does he go back to that flat-footed approach and throwing that power hand that initiated the chaos that led to uh, Rodriguez getting on the floor? James Kendrick scores that 10-9 Yair, body work and good counters. I don't hate that. It was more of the round. It was more moments from Emmett with a strong close and some ground and pound with that was, you know, uh, attempted to defend not all clean slash had traffic at least coming back from Yair for whatever is that that's worth. In round 50, uh, 455, 454, 453, round two. I expect Rodriguez to go back to the body. He had a lot of success there. You see the whelp on yes. the side of, of, of Emmett's ribcage right now. Absolutely. The body kick is definitely something uh, highlighted in my analysis, making me feel a little less crazy here. But again, those, those <laughs> counters, uh, the, the, the more you upset Emmett, the more he's going to want to hit you back is the problem. That's what we saw at the end of the round. So let's see if... That makes a little hesitancy in Yair, or he goes right back at it. I mean, as long as he throws the punch right after the kick, because that was that was keeping that was keeping Emin at bay. Wow, look, looked right. like a wild yeah. exchange there. Um, they both kind of did Heard what they did in that. Emmett was able to land a good power shot. Yair, yeah, I thought Emmett landed the better kicks. shots, but then the body kicks from Yair just equalized it right back out. And, and you see Emmett's guard getting lower. Those body kicks are having a much bigger effect than I yep. think he's letting on right now. Oh, yep. back to the body. Yeah, your knows it. He's spamming it. Yep, he's spamming it. He's spamming it. It's got the uh, Travis elbow, uh, Travis Brown elbows against the cage there. Yep. Smart by Emmett to try to recover here. Right. Yeah, you're looking to the ref, but for him. And oh, now he's going for the takedown, but yeah, a low. Low percentage takedown attempt right there. I wouldn't expect him to, to get much off against someone like Rodriguez with that level yep. of balance. Rodriguez looking to separate himself out. Nice knee to the oh, body on nice the break. Knee. That hurt yeah. him. Body work, folks. There's a reason yep. why the fighters preach it. Judges, yep. the good judges don't, obviously, but j judges still don't respect it as much as I would like. And the general yep. population does not expect it as much. But those body shots are brutal. They're really hurting Emmett. Emmett looks like he's been and through Emmett, a five-round fight right now. Yeah, the body Emmett work. looks worse for wear right now. Like, he's still dangerous. He's still throwing that right hand with a lot of power. Oh, well, that elbow really hurt Emmett. Nice elbow in, in the clinch there from Rodriguez. He's following up with more knees. Front kick to the body by oh, Rodriguez. Emmett really needs to get back into this fight, get some respect. But he is looking sluggish yeah. out there now. Yeah, he's gassed. That front leg is, is eating up. The body is eating up. He's still got power in that right hand, but it's going to be very difficult getting it up to his target at this nice point. Nice question mark kick and counterbalancing shots after the kicks by Yair that he's sneaking in there. Little quick punches. Emmett tries to return. Swing and a miss. See, Rodriguez now kind of taking some of the movement out of the equation. Now he's 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 setting a little more flat-footed. He looks like he feels a little more comfortable in there about what's coming back at him. So... Let's hope he doesn't get complacent in, in this. Yeah, we've seen uh, some suspect decision-making tonight. A lot of fights kind of uh, going over. And fighters perhaps missing opportunities, which, you know, with the judges and the dangers of a fight, not great. Flying knee misses. Emmett now on top. Let's see if he can get something going. Yeah, another, another sort of just by, by happenstance, uh, Emmett gets his guy on the ground. Let's see if he can make the best use of it. 
Yeah, you're looking to land more of those elbows off his back, but he probably should be trying to get off his back, to be honest, with the condition that Emmett was in. You, you know, he's he's probably thinking like, you know, he, he sees the damage that Emmett's taking and figures, okay, if he can if he can just keep attacking him while he's in this disadvantaged position, that's got to break down the morale at Emmett at some point. That's probably more in line with how Yair thinks, but uh, if I was one of his right. coaches, I would definitely be like, "Get off! let's get off the bottom. <laughs> let's not let this guy recover. Let's not let him back in the fight. We've seen fighters allowed back into fights, uh, you know, from uh, Bukowskis, Pe uh, Pedro, uh, Malarkey to Prado. Oh, he's got a But now he's going for the triangle he's got submission. got triangle. Look like it's locked in. And taps him he's out. Got the wow. Tap. He's got the tap. Wow. Submission round two. Wow. Yair Rodriguez. I picked him to win in round two by KO, of course, and uh, <laughs> but uh, wow. wow, submission. I mean, hey, is it that's some great guard work, good triangle, and I believe he's the first person to tap Josh Emmett too. I believe so. Um, wow, that was. I mean, that was about as complete of a performance from Yair Rodriguez than we've ever seen. You know, a, a disciplined approach to the striking. You to come out there without the mentality of just wanting to throw everything and just let loose. He went in there with a very focused objective, and that was to attack the body and take it from there. Attack the body and break him down. He attacked the body. He broke yeah. him down, and he very and he very carefully went for that submission as, as the fight went on the ground. So this this was about as complete as we've seen Yair Rodriguez. Per Who's now perfectly the said. new interim featherweight champion. Yeah, it's perfect, perfectly said, Ant. Perfectly said. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. It's funny because uh, I don't, I'm don't. i trying not to get too high or, uh, you know, as far as uh, the analysis, you know, that, that I pointed to, the body work. So I'm glad you said it and not me um, uh, as far as that goes. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That opened it up and really was just, like you said, a complete performance all around. Yeah, you're, of course, making his way around the octagon now. Uh, hugging family and friends, uh, big win for him. He's got to feel great about that. Definitely, and and you know the UFC's got to feel great about this too. They just announced um, a, a PI in Mexico. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, and, yep. And to have a, a, a Mex another Mexican fighter with a belt around their waist, this is this is a good time to be in the UFC Mexico business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've uh, we've seen this before. I know I've talked to people in the industry about this. Um, you know these were these were definitely decisions they were steering toward, but you can't manufacture outcomes in this game, right? We've seen that before. Uh, so uh, the fact that they ended up with two, uh, at least for for the moment, with at this timing, like Ant said, that's really big, folks. That's really big. Definitely nice cowboy um, hat there, right? Just gotta wonder, did Venom make that hat, or is that contraband? Yeah, right. <laughs> the way they'd be snatching people's flags. Uh, but all right. I'm not hating it, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, I can tell you one thing: that hat is more real than the sponsorship that's on his chest. So we'll leave it at that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, <laughs> unless any of those companies want to send me a check. Yeah. Right. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> I'll cash a check. That's for sure. Vogue versus Yair. Anyone? Mark Fellow says in the chat. Yeah. That. That. Uh. That is now next, and regardless of uh, what happens in the next fight, folks. Yeah. Um, what a meme fight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm imagining that Yair is going to. He's going to take his moment to smile and and 
sip a beer with his team backstage mm-hmm. and his his eyes are going to be on that TV for the main event because that very well could determine what the rest of his year looks like. Absolutely. If uh, Yair says anything or any of these fighters in these post-fight like last time, folks, they say anything you think we should uh, know or want us to comment on, uh, go ahead and forward it on the chat. You know, as I say that now, we're just gonna get like Yair quotation mark, uh, and then like some ridiculous thing he didn't say. Just and, and you know, because <laughs> you know that my Ron Burgundy ass will read what's on the teleprompter. As I just now, I just feel that it, now now people weren't actually gonna do that, Ant, but now they are gonna do it because I just said yes. it right. I just know that Tits McGee is off tonight. So. Tits, McGee. Tits McGee is off tonight. Yes. Great, great, great callback. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Uh, Tits McGee. <laughs> man, the, the, Yair Rodriguez having a, a championship belt, even if it's an interim, that just sounds very exciting to me. That sounds extraordinarily exciting. Uh, he's always an exciting fighter, man. You put Yair anywhere, you know. It's just, it's kind of it was kind of crazy though. He only had three fights in the last half decade leading up to this, which was you know the Jeremy Stevens fight, the uh, with the Chance and Jung comeback knockout, mm-hmm. and the injury TKO to Ortega. Um, but this this one puts him right you know right back uh, with right back with that excitement level. That's the right word, Ant. Excitement level yeah, to, puts it right back. To think. Know. That the UFC just wanted to let him go. They just got mad and decided to let him go and to sign to what, what was he signed to Combate? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, he was. I think he signed to Combate for like three seconds. Like they were, they were really willing to let that guy walk out the door. Um, and now you have a you know someone holding a featherweight title with with perhaps the the keys to this this huge Mexican market that the UFC's been gunning for since Cain Velasquez. That is true. Yeah. I mean, everyone remembers the big Cain push. I know the UFC kind of got criticized like, "Oh, it's a, you know, people get get all weird on where someone's born and all that stuff." But yes, the UFC's been trying to trying to push that one um push that one for a minute. <clears throat> Let's see here. Yeah, so Wow. Um yeah, I'm I'm really impressed by by what Yair was able to accomplish tonight. That's a um, excellent excellent fight for him. My guy goes Phantom says Yair has nothing for Volk. Volk's lateral movement, feints, entries are just on a higher level. It's hard to track them. Uh, will definitely be a much harder fight. That's for dang sure. Obviously, you guys know I don't bring my analysis to fight week, but obviously, gun in my head, I'm, I'm picking Volk there. But I, it doesn't mean it's not an exciting fight. Yeah, that's um, that's not one that's that I think will be so simple for Volk to just come in and just do what he does. You know, we we've seen Yair evolve over the 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 last few fights that he's had. He's someone that that just at his raw level presents this danger to everyone that he can kick you upside your head at any point in time if he so chooses to. That's a that's a skill that not many people in the world possess. So it's hard to train for that. It's it's hard to. It's, it's hard to find somebody that can emulate that level of, of explosiveness for that long. Um, it, it's just not that simple. You know, Rodriguez, I wouldn't favor him necessarily against Volkanovski off the top of my head either. But Volkanovski walks out of that one banged up. Like, it, it looks like mm-hmm. he was in a fight, if, if I had to guess right now. 
Yeah, yeah. I, if I had to guess as well, I think Volkanovski would probably have to go back to his older style for that one and kind of Frankie Edgar him, uh, you know, back to his kind of Khabib, early Khabib-like style that Volk had as far as just coming in and thrashing people. Different meta, but uh, different style. But, I mean, same, similar theme. So, because uh, Rodriguez, like my guy goes Phantom points out, is comfortable uh, being on his back. James Kendrick asks, how highly do both of us rate the win over Ortega for Yair? That's a hard one to answer because yeah. with the injury, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like it happened, but I don't know what we really can take away from it. It's good on the resume, but in reality, it doesn't. It doesn't mean what it looks like on the resume. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Yeah, I don't think it should hurt or help either guy too much, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just win something like that. You know, you can't, you can't, hold, you can't bolster them up too high. You can't criticize them too hard for anything like that. It was out of both their hands, in a sense, uh, as far as the injury. I know it was created by a move that Yair did, but the fight, the, there wasn't much. You know, it, it was with, it was within one round, so there wasn't a lot to, to, to gather, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. All right, so um, cocaine got, bear, cocaine bear. I'm. I, I do kind of want to see this. I'm not even going <laughs> to. At lie. this point, I do now. Yeah, too. I got to get pretty messed up to uh, go enjoy oh. this kind of a movie. So this is the first commercial for this that I've seen all night because I, I I haven't I didn't watch all of the prelims, so I, I missed the cocaine bear commercials that have probably been running all night. But did I just see your man from the Wire on there? The the um was the mayor. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I I didn't catch it. Was he in that? Have it. That'd be great. Shit. Who is he? I got to see. That's a guy you just you just go to the movies to see because. Is it Clarence? Shit. Was his name Clarence? Uh, Clarence Whitlock or something? Oh, I know. Now now I'm thinking of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something like that. Ah, jeez. His name. That's a good one. Shit. <laughs> I love the wire. Something that's my favorite. That's my. That's like. Uh, I, I still haven't. There are some classics I still haven't gone back to seen, so I can't, you know, really weigh in even on my own opinion. I guess like I still haven't seen like Sopranos and like things that people hold in high regard. Yeah. I'm not disrespecting it. I have seen the Breaking Bad's, the games of Game of Thrones, the other classic ones, and then for me, The Wire is just just hits something that that no other show show, show has. So that, that one's high. That one. Always. I've got one show higher than The Wire. Like I, The Wire okay. is is on my my all time top ten, um, but The Shield. I, I would put above the wire. I think the shield accomplishes a lot of the same things that the wire went out to, to, um, offer social commentary to, you know, critique certain things and give these like raw looks at different segments of society. But I think it did it in a much more focused storytelling. Uh, I have a hard time like, just following things. Um, like not like because of my ADD, but like just, just, just sitting down and making time for the show, I guess from the right. start. But, um, I always reference that whenever uh, Damon Jackson fights because he looks like Walt Goggins <laughs> from that show. It's like, hey, like Walton Goggins, man, was such a, a fantastic actor. Oh, he's that, great. Like, I like, I actually like kind of hate him because of his character in the Shield. Like, if I saw him in the street, I'd be like, you jackass. But that's only because he's such a good actor. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. I, I always so you would appreciate if I was like, oh, Damon Jackson, he was great in the Shield. You would you would know what I was talking about. Oh yeah, I would know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I always <laughs> people on podcast listeners take a shot. They're probably sick of me doing that joke all the time. But uh, yeah, that's what I always I'm always tweeting tweeting like, like Jamie Malarkey fought earlier, and I always tweet Ted Ted Danson gifts because he looks like Ted Danson's oh. bastard son. <laughs> you know, Ted Danson uh, had some had yeah, some fun Chile, in Australia. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe you know after you know after three men and a baby wrapped, he went and had some fun. I don't know. Out came Jamie Malarkey. There's another old reference for folks. There we go. Three men and a baby. <laughs> yeah, three men and a baby. That that movie came out when I was like five or six. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ted Danson, man. Yeah, I haven't heard that name in a long time. I mean, could you imagine if Ted Danson had a clash of heads? He's he's immediately getting a, t- a point taken. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, swinging God. that thing around. Whew. That's gonna be a no contest. Like he's knocking someone out with that thing. Sorry, Ted. Again? Yeah, it's the rules. <laughs> it's like, hey, you, you know what happens, man. He got one of the Mavander Holyfield bullet heads, man. Which, by the way, props to. I know we were singing uh, her as Ox praises, but props to Mark Goddard for the point taking the Crute and Menafield fight. I don't know if you caught that, but that is when. No, I, I missed that. Everyone was everyone was applauding what, what Tyone for taking a point for the inadvertent clash of heads that really didn't affect anything but choice, paycheck, and record last week. And it's not that I'm saying that the referee wasn't. The referee, of course, was in his right. But, like, I found it almost crazy that there was as many people defending as there was people upset that their bets got squelched. Like, I understand there's going to be a crowd that's upset with their bets got squelched, but there was, like, a whole other crowd that was like, no, 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 no. This is okay because we always complain that they don't take points, and now they do. And I was, and I, I noted that I said, "Okay, everybody, everybody's saying that. Mm-hmm. Keep that same energy while we return to our normal programming on fight-changing fouls from cage grabs um, to uh, eye pokes, right? And we were reminded that tenfold of this card with all it was brutal foul season on the prelims with no points taken. So props to Mark Goddard for showing how it's done—an actual fight-changing foul." getting a point taken away that's when it should happen yeah it's like what's the point of enfor- of having rules if they're not going to be enforced especially right. in things that, that change the outcome of fights like absolutely the rules are there for a reason like we're trying to if we want to have just straight up no holds barred fights then so be it um but that's not what this is this is mixed martial arts with a rule set must follow that rule set in order to be competing in a fair fashion. So. Right. Walk out starting now. But, yeah, we saw Cool about take a spinning back kick to the dick. And the ref's like, ah, oh, not that wasn't, wasn't, there wasn't much on that. And then, speaking of head clashes, this was, it looked like a straight-up head butt that Melsic did standing in open space. Not even a warning. Like, I'm like <laughs> yeah, so it's like, why do we have these rules if, if they're not, you know, for the actual fight-changing stuff? So, and we, we, we crap on the ref, so I wanted to give, uh, give Goddard uh, props on that. Yeah, roughing is certainly not an easy job. It's one of those nope. things that if you're if you're good at it, you're not going to be noticed. Like that's you're you're not supposed to be noticed. You're supposed to blend in seamlessly to the action. And Herzog does a Herzog and Goddard do a fantastic job of just blending in. Yep. Hey, speaking of positive notes, my guy Alvin Yakatori in the chat always spreading positivity. He says, "Good evening, gentlemen. I wish all the competitors good health and a good performance on this wonderful card. I do as well." Alvin Yakuturi. That's a beautiful thing to say. He is. He's. I love the positive. He goes, such an exciting time to be a fight fan. We get to see high-level skill and hard work put on display, uh, especially for this fight in particular. I mean, say what you will about pound-for-pound pound rankings or your thoughts on them. These are two top pound-for-pound pound talents. The number one, in my opinion, Volkanovski. And, uh, man, like I, I'm, I'm, very exci- I, I'm very excited right now. I was trying to downplay it. Part of me is worried for Volk right now as a fan. But what are your feelings, Ant? I'm I'm excited too. I'm I'm not as you know just over the moon as a lot of people are right now, and, and I feel like I should be, because this is you know pound for pound one and two and uh, facing each other and it's never happened before. We didn't even get like GSP and Anderson and 
you know, some some of the other potential um, pound for pound matchups that, that we could have gotten. I should be more excited, but we're still seeing a guy who fights at 145 fighting a guy who fights at 155, and that 155er has this insane wrestling base and this this ridiculous pace and throws all this damage and throws his weight around against bigger guys. I, I don't think it bodes well for the smaller man. However, Volkanovski, um, is it the average guy to make 145? He's, he's someone who, in his personal life, he walked around at like 210 as a rugby player. So he's used to bigger men, yep. you know, on him. He he, he kind of knows how to handle himself in in that regard. Um, and this is this is a chance for him to challenge himself and and attempt greatness. So I I can't really say anything bad about that. Absolutely, James Kendrick in the chat says Craig Jones in the corner as well as Frank Hickman. Yeah, he's got a good corner there, James. And yeah, I agree with the notes that you know. Uh, that Ant says, you know, I know they talk about him, you know, being a former rugby player at nauseum, but the fact is the guy's undefeated at 145 and 155, you know, with the way people hold undefeated records, as we've seen with fighters like Habib. I mean, let's say Volkanovski didn't take that, you know, um, you know, that random fight early in his career on the regionals all the way up at welterweight or maybe even at 185. That's where his lone defeat comes from, ladies and gentlemen. Undefeated in the UFC, debuted at lightweight against a southpaw. Uh, the only other southpaw on his record, Yusuke, uh, Yusuke Kasuya. Um, so yeah, Volkanovski undefeated in two weight classes, five and out featherweight throughout his entire career. Uh, all five of those fights, he finished and finished uh, in the first or second round. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm really excited for a couple of things. One, to see how how Volkanovski responds to this. This test, this this amount of pressure to have your home country watching you, you're taking the biggest leap in your career by far. And then to see what Makachev has to offer. The narrative coming into his last fight that, that won him the belt against Charles Oliveira, they, I'm somebody who picked Oliveira for, for that for that fight. And you, you thought like, okay, well, Makachev is probably vulnerable on the feet. Um, his his ground game probably gets negated by Oliveira's submission prowess, and but we saw Makachev outstrike Oliveira, and and really beat him up at will. Um, what wrinkles does he does he show this time? Like, does he have some more bad some tricks in the bag that he hasn't shown yet that he's going to display tonight? You know, it's it's just a it's a fun fight. I'm not sure if. Um, I'm not sure if it's the best fight that could have been made in either division, but I'm I'm happy to see it just because we don't get things like this too often to, to have two champions meet each other at this point in their careers. Yeah, absolutely. Usually these things are kind of post uh, when they're supposed to happen and, you know, boxing, depending on what area you're talking about and uh, MMA alike, right? So, yeah, Makachev, of course, walking to the check-in station now. Wayne Lamon has got a question in the chat. Speaking of Craig Jones, what do you guys think? Um, what do you guys, what do you guys think of guys like GSP teaming up with Gordon Ryan, Zangwei, and Zangwei Lee teaming up with Josh Hinger, and now Volk with Craig Jones? All three won medals at ADCC in 2019. I I, re I know they're all ADCC winners. I didn't realize. Yeah, all in 2019. Um, that's probably just a fun factoid to go along with your point. And I assume your point being high-level MMA fighters, champions training with ADCC fighters, uh, probably not, uh, not you know, not dumb because ADCC it's kind of the 
grappling accolade I respect the most when looking at MMA guys because it's not just a top-level tournament, but it's a top-level tournament that involves submission finishes and no gi, right? Um, and mm-hmm. not the kind of like points IBJJF, something that's really reputable, but I don't I don't rank as highly. For example, that's what I'm looking at MMA skills. And it's also a competition that encompasses different styles of grappling. Mm-hmm. So you'll have you'll have judo players, you'll have BJJ guys, you'll have wrestlers, you'll have sambo, you'll have a wide representation of the grappling world there. So if you can cut it in ADCC, you are very very well versed against anyone on the ground, no matter what discipline they originated from. I think it's 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 a, a logical evolution uh, of MMA fighters training to seek out you know, those, those types of grapplers, because they've sought out the highest level of, of boxing trainers. Like you've got guys like Freddie Roach cornering MMA fighters and making frequent trips to wild card and some of the other like prominent boxing gyms. You've got the Dutch style of kickboxing that has permeated its way through mixed martial arts. Like, so striking has seen this. They have reached out to strikers uh, of, of all backgrounds and disciplines and whatnot to improve their game. So it makes sense to go to submission grappling and do the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. I like the note, made the note about different styles. Of course, tail of the tape up now. Makachev 5'10", 5'6", for Volkanovski is what's being highlighted on the tail of the tape is the biggest difference. Volkanovski, surprisingly to some, has a one-inch reach advantage over Makachev. Thank you guys for joining. Like the video. And thank you, man. This has been this has been fun, man. Absolutely, man. I love I love doing this with you, man. So any anytime we can get it in, let's do it. And when really crazy stuff happens, you guys will be uh, getting our the realest of the real reactions. So <laughs> that's that's always fun. We got Mark Goddard in tow for this 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 one here. <laughs> Just to hear Bruffer say, this is brought to you by Cocaine Bear. Just mm, chef's kiss. Oh my That's God. cocaine. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. Again, if we could just give people nicknames, because I I, I yeah, part of it is giving people funny nicknames. Half of it's like hearing Buffer say it. You know, <laughs> like Victor Pesta. I was saying on the last podcast, Victor Pesta should have his nickname is Sex. You know, Victor Sex Pesta. <laughs> Man, we need uh, Frank Trigg to come out of retirement. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, trigonomics. Remember that? Remember his uh, oh, clothing yeah, remember brand that. back in the day? He's, I do he, remember he was that, one of, yeah. he was one of the one of, he was one of the early guys doing that when you think about it. It was kind of you know I mean it still really hasn't caught on as much as it should with the fact that fighters, you know, need to do that to make some money these days. But uh right. shouts to those early pioneers ahead of the you know, uh, a little too far ahead of the game, unfortunately for them, before the money showed yeah. up, but uh good thinking. Yeah, Frank Trigg, uh, now a, a very good uh, official now for the, the, the CSAC. I've seen him at quite a few events, and he's looking like someone's loving uncle. He's uh, yeah, he is, he's he kind is. of fit into that uncle role very nicely, I think. By the way, Wingding Australia, and then I, was, I saw some other promos, and it was like naming places by Volk, and I'm like, wait, is he in Thailand? Is he in? Like the names of a certain part, maybe Mark Fellows, an Australian, can weigh in. Is the part where Volk's from? Do they have like uh, more? I guess for the lack of ignorant, my ignorance here, um, like more native like names or, or, or like something like that going on? Because like I felt like everything in Volk's town had like I don't know, like didn't sound like Melbourne or Adelaide or Sydney, right? <laughs> you know, like it, it didn't like it doesn't have it doesn't feel like the same. It's part of the same thing. 
maybe that's really obvious for someone who lives in Australia, and I sound like an idiot there. I'm just curious. Because <laughs> he's, he's got, like, cool pronunciations. Like, it looks like it says wingding, but I think it's, like, pronounced, like, something different. I don't know. It's cool. Uh, it, it almost sounds Chinese where he's from. I'm like, oh, wow, it's cool. As, as a Chinese guy, I'm like, oh, okay. This, some of this sounds kind of familiar, but not. <laughs> Uh, Islam Makachev um, getting introduced right now. Um, man, this is Thanks, this is a, a rough one to come into your your first title defense in enemy territory like this. But if I'm if I remember correctly, uh, he won his belt in in uh, Abu Dhabi, correct? Who did? Uh, Makachev. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So, so I guess you're 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 paying it forward now. Indeed. Oh, ready to start this one, folks. Here we go. Let's see if the line, the big betting lines, was justified. Round one starts. Timex clock, 457, 456, 455. And that size of difference is very apparent right now. Yep, Makachev, the southpaw, taking the center. Volk looking to fight off that lead hand a little bit like he did with Ortega's southpaw stance. Yeah, you can see that city kickboxing in him uh, coming out. Like he's trying for the feints. He's trying to get this, get the reads on Makachev right now. Let's see if he bites on anything. Yep, Volk's gonna want to have to keep a pace without opening himself up to Makachev's underrated striking counters and obviously the takedowns. That essentially is Volk's task tonight. Yeah, so another another long filling out period, sort of like the the co-main, and uh, yet again a kick starts off. The, the proceedings there. Makachev throwing a front kick out. Volk returns with a leg kick. Yep. Volk showing low looks like body shots. It went, went two to the feints. body, three up top. And then he's coming up high. I really like that. Volk now. He's taking the center now a bit, which I like to see from Volk. I think, you know, that's the general concept against a grappler threat. You can draw out their shots and defend them easier if you get them on the back foot. So that's what Volk is trying to do, I think, right here. That was more of Volk's older style, but we all know Volk can fight on the outside at a decent pace as well. You see, you see him switching stances a lot. He's, yeah. he's throwing out a lot of different looks, I think, just trying to trying to see how Mikachev reacts to something. Lands a nice leaping left hook. Nice. Oh! Yep. And a nice straight straight left. The exact combo he landed on Ortega. Ortega. Yep, the exact land, the combo he landed on Ortega. Let's see how much homework Makachev's camp did and that they have answers for that. Volk going back to that lead hand. He's using the lead hand to get a beat on exchanges. It'll get a beat and mute the check right hook counter, the best counter for a southpaw, and allow Volk to take that outside advantageous lane that you heard Dom Cruz talking about in a previous southpaw fight. And see, Makachev tried there. It looked like a tried for a check hook. I'm not sure yeah. if it landed, but... um. But he threw that sh that straight uh, straight left afterward as mm -hmm. well. So it uh, looks like he's he's starting to get some read on what Volkanovski has to offer, and he's he's trying to aim those shots down. He's clearly not going for a high volume game at the moment. More fades from Volkanovski taking the center, which is great for him. I don't know what Makachev's waiting for here, but uh, not a, not not the best start for him, I'd say. Nice counters though. Oh, drop Volkanovski oh, with the counter. Oh, head kick from from uh, Makachev, and he's closing the distance. Yep, flying knee. 
I was about oh, to say, Makachev's I wasn't sure. Got his back. I wasn't sure what Makachev was waiting for, but now he is uh, testing his strength. Gotta like what he's feeling yeah. here. Yeah, see him. Looks like he's trying to drag this to the floor. Volkanovski doing his best to stay against that fence, uh, try to break the hand yep. grip. Fighting the hands. But it's the foot play Makachev's going to try to beat him to with the foot play. Multiple attacks at multiple levels. Best guys in the world. It's the that leg work in the clinch, standing or on the floor. Best grapplers. It's that leg work. But yes, Volkanovski smart, smartly fighting the hands. He's got to separate the grips. Yeah, he's keeping the legs wide, but to no avail. Makachev does get to, get it to the ground. He's wrapping the leg up. Still, sort of got his back. Yep, he's got one hook in, two hooks in now. He's wedging himself oh, between the fence in. and Volkanovski's back to take Volkanovski's back. Very firmly got his back. Let's see if he can get some space off the fence and, and turn something uh, out of this position here. I got flashbacks to Dustin Poirier and Khabib when Bro Volkanovski briefly went to a, scram uh, a switch in the scramble, which kind of led to this position, similar to how it did for Dustin. Yeah, and on this time, though, Volk is pretty fresh, so let's see if he can... Oh, wow. He's sunken. It looks more like a face crank right now. Yeah, they're dry. You just take what you can get and crank if you're Makachev. Let's see if he can get a good bite or Volkanovski can turn into him while fighting the hands. You see Volkanovski trying to turn into him now, but there's not yeah. much leverage for Volk. That forearm, that forearm right up against his jaw. can imagine that squeeze is pretty tight, but Volk is still fighting the hands able to strip that hand off the top of his head. Well, the lack of leverage for Volk means there's a lack of finishing leverage for Amakachev, so it's kind of a two-way street. Not enough leverage for Volk to get out in this tight spot, but also not quite enough leverage for Makachev to finish, and the round ends. Hmm. Uh, good round, I think, for both guys. I mean, Volk definitely started that one off strong. Makachev yep. picked it up uh, toward the end. Uh, yet again, just just like in the, the, the co-main event, just wondering... How does this inform the strategy from from here on out? Yep. Rain Lamina saying 10-9 Volk. Of course, we're not scoring, folks. I will say that head kick was blocked, although there is an argument for how much impact still comes through. So for me, you're judging how much do you weigh the counters, which are showing up in the replay now. It was more of a not the cleanest shot behind the ear. There were two left hands. Neither were clean. One was slightly cleaner enough to wobble Volkanovski. So I believe it's how much do you weigh that and the grappling at the end. But I will say... Uh, aside from the one brief crank, there wasn't another submission attempt that I remember, and there wasn't a lot of strikes either. Again, judges are looking for impact and really making hay by damaging or taking something out of your opponent with these positions. So 10-9 Volk, probably not a crazy score. I'm not scoring. Feel free to add in scores in the chat. Yeah, I'm definitely not scoring this right now. All right, round two, 457, 456, 455 on our, on our stream here. Volk with more feints. Islam taking the center this time. Let's see if he can keep it and keep the initiative in his hand that he ended the first round with. You see Volk teasing that uppercut. Just want to give uh, Mike Chef something to think about if he shoots in. Yeah, really good note on that. I know Ghost Phantom in the chat also liked that as well. Looking more for more of those hand traps to get the beat. Oh, nice duck under from Volkanovski. Good combination leg kick to the uh, right hook, looks like, on the way back up. Definite speed advantage, as many predicted for Volkanovski. See how long he can keep kick it from here. Makachev. 
Looks like they both hit air on that that uh, very odd sequence. Yeah, yeah. Number two yeah. to the three upstairs for Volk. He repeats it again. Drops oh, Makachev. Drops Makachev. Uh, Makachev turns that into a takedown, going for the single leg. Excellent awareness in the scramble, Makachev. Now having pinned Volk on top in between the fence. Volk trying to stand slowly here. Let's see if he goes for that switch again or just tr tries to smartly stand and fight the hands. There we go. He stands to fight the hands. Yeah, it looked like as, as Makachev tried to sink a hook in, Volkanovski took that opportunity to bounce back up. Yep. It's on the hands again. Makachev really trying to off-balance him. Yeah, Volk got it, got that really, really wide stance also, mm -hmm. trying to maintain that, that solid base. And Makachev drags him down, but, but struggles to take the nice top position. Nice scramble. Volkanovski initiates the scramble, and they're back on their feet, trading shots. This is going to be a pace that Makachev has not seen since his fight with Armin Sarukian. He was the fresher man down the stretch of that fight, but that was a three-round fight. Uh, uh, keep in mind, they are scheduled for five as we are in round two, 241. Volk reverses position and smartly adds in some strikes. Note to what I was talking about earlier. I think another thing to, to remember, too, as as this fight, you know, takes a, a higher pace and could potentially see later rounds, uh, they've had a, a shorter window to rehydrate as well. Yep. And we know Makachev does not have the easiest weight cut, so that could become a factor. Absolutely. The tr travel and smaller rehydration windows, both of those affect Makachev and not really Volkanovsky being the fact that he's fighting. Makachev has the, has the center. Let's see what he can do with it. Volk trying to take it back. And Volk is, is, is very dedicated to making sure he throws offense at every level. So he's throwing leg kicks. He's throwing body punches. He's going shots to the head. He's doing it all at the same time. Like, he's mixing things up very well. Absolutely. That's why so many analysts fans of the game just really appreciate Volk's game. And he gets hit with a counter. Makachev oh, on the wow. march. Like, as, as we said earlier, throwing the body shots in MMA is a risk, and Volk took that risk, and he paid for it. I believe it was Makachev a... countered off of that two to the body. Yeah, I believe it was a counter left. That's the power shot from Makachev. Another left, Volkanovsky slips. Seems to have his eyes about him, but Makachev is on the attack. And Volk still still throwing the the feeler hand out there to 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 gauge the distance, and the leg kicks are still coming. He has not stopped with the leg kicks this entire time. Back to the to the body with the two. More feints for Volk. Islam still keeping the center real estate. Volk playing the outside well. Volk back against the fence. In the clinch, it looks like he's he's put Makachev against the fence, but he's still in the tie clinch. Yeah, he ate a nice little short shovel shot that I like Makachev through. I haven't seen him throw too many of those. Very effective for Volk's stature. Yeah, he's eating some knees right now. Not sure how much of an effect it'll be since since Makachev can't really get too much uh, wind up on, on the knees with his back against the fence. Yeah, back against the fence, knees to the body are good, but the first ones that he was throwing didn't look too leveraging. To your point. 
Yeah, Volk's doing a real good job of staying hip to hip. And when you do that, it's yeah. real tough to get those get that leverage. And we have come to a close for round two. Wow. Uh, very good fight so far. And yet again, happy to not be a judge right now. Yep, we've got uh, Joe Lopez, I believe, the head, head coach for Volkanovski, freestyle MMA, and of course Eugene Behrman, the sister gym. Connection made through Brad Riddell, who you'll see in Volkanovski's corner throughout his earlier UFC career. Of course, Hav Mendez in the corner of Makhachev. Folks, feel free to submit your scorecards in the chat. We are not uh, <clears throat> we are not scoring that one. Though again, you know, one one wouldn't be surprising to me to see those scores floating around out there. Maybe you got some two twos. You were really swayed by Makachev's work in round one. Again, we're not scoring. That's uh, that's up to you. And mainly, it's really up to the three people sitting cage side, getting ready for round three. It's a difficult fight to score. I mean, both guys in in both rounds so far, they've they've done sort of what they have intended to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they yes. both looked very good so far. Rain Lamin is saying he goes ten nine Volk due to body work. All right, four fifty one, four fifty into the third round here. More lead hand parries from the outside from Volkanovski as he feints to come in. Makachev almost bullying without throwing strikes, trying to come forward and oh. really assert himself in the center. Yeah, head kick partially blocked yep. for Makachev. Stance switch from Volkanovski. Makachev might be looking to counter again based on his past success and at this point of the fight maybe take a breather. See if he, yeah, we see Volkanovski hasn't done a lot of his charging offense so far uh, in this round. Last couple of rounds, within the first minute, he was he was definitely throwing those charging combinations. It's an unusual one to to, to charge in like that and then go for the body shot. Yeah. yeah, going for the body hook on that is a dangerous one. I don't know if he maybe improved mid motion a low kick there for Makachev. Not much on it. And a body kick much oh, harder. Oh, body kick. That had some steam on it. Yes. Volkanovski returning. Oh. Head, body, legs. Back to the leg kicks. Another body shot from Volkanovski. Oh. Step and hook. Yeah, step in with that jab as well. Another switch stance. Yeah, Volkanovski is going to be gambling, but I don't blame him for going to the body in these first three rounds. Let's see if it pays off for him. He's really going to have to pick up the pace in my opinion, regardless of how it scored. Nice inside oh, nice leg kick. Nice leg kick. Uh, stumbled Makachev a little bit. Another step through hook. I think uh, Alex did those two to the body and then went up high. So he's planting seeds everywhere. He's planting traps everywhere as Volkanovski. Yeah, kind of finished with the jab on, on that on that charge in too. So yep. he, he's, he's definitely given a lot of unique looks. Makachev changing levels. Volk showing good wow, defense. Wow, Volk stuffed it. Good head uh, pressure. Makachev, uh, got on Makachev the legs. unrelenting. Yep. Yep. And on the legs. Um, just about completed that takedown. And there it is, a completed takedown. But Volk popping right back up. Let's see if he can get completely up to his feet. 
uh, as Mac further and try to take his back. Well, trying to wedge in, trying to turn into him, turn that underhook into him with the two off of a two on one control of the wrist. No, goes to the leg, turns in successfully, reestablishes his underhook to Volkanovski. He is excellent at that. Excellent fundamentals from Volkanovski. Keeping Makhachev it, honest. It's very methodical too, his, his approach. Like, you're not seeing a bit of panic. Mm-hmm. Um, where other guys have, have sort of crumbled underneath Makachev, uh, Volkanovski maintaining his composure and just going step by step. How do I get up from here? More feints from Volkanovski on the outside. I, I really think he should, uh, if he can, you know, pick up the pace here for him. Whereas Makachev uh, definitely, you know, needs to be pace managing. Nice counter left from Makachev. Yeah, looks like Volk ran right into that one. Mm-hmm. And right there is a good reason why maybe he's not pushing it a little harder, right? All right, that, that'll teach you. <laughs> Mike Jeff tried for another body kick there, missed. Yeah. Volkanovski's counter-wrestling keeping Makhachev honest, but Makhachev's striking counters keeping Volk honest. Again, for anybody discounting either of these guys in either realm, we're, we're, we're wrong there, and that's getting proven here. Brief switch up from Volk there. Still looking to paw that lead hand, which I love. And body head. Oh, a little bit of a foot sweep. Yeah, a little bit of an inadvertent yeah, foot like sweep there. Right there. Yeah. I don't know if he meant to or it was just a bonus from him shifting forward, but Volk will take it. We'll play off it. Yep. And he's got outside position and is trying to swarm Makachev. Tries to take him down. Fails, oh, wow. but gets a nice knee to the body off the break. Continues to attack. It's a nice sequence there from Volkanovski. Yes. And going going back to the feints, and they'll ride the clock out. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Probably the best round for Volkanovski so far, I'd say. I, I agree. You, even if you wanted to, you know, no matter who you want to give those first two rounds, they were competitive, right? They were they were competitive to close, right? But yeah, that yeah. was arguably the most definitive. That round was competitive. But that round was also arguably the most definitive of the three um, for Volkanovski. Let's see what the uh, chat thinks. Of course, we're not scoring. Rain Laminus says, really wishes body punches were scored highly. I do too. I got to try to catch myself to not overcorrect the steering wheel. But that's also a reason why I'm annoying on Twitter whenever body things come through. Because I, <laughs> I feel like I have to do it because there's just so much of a slant from the gen pop to media to the educated judges in the actual seats. It's just not being respected enough. It's... It's it's obvious at this point, literally, literally ninety to ninety five percent of all things from close to controversial to outright robberies, all those common threads are counters and bodywork and sometimes leg kicks. So I, I gotta keep preaching that until people realize that the sky is in fact blue. Ready for round four. <laughs> yeah, body body shots are just something that you don't I don't think you have proper respect for unless you've trained, unless yes. you've sparred. Like that's yeah. You'll you'll learn very quickly how effective body shots are when you start receiving them. Yes, and then there's also the natural human nature of big swinging shots that don't necessarily land clean, landing clean, right? And that happened to me yeah. earlier with that head kick from Makhachev early in the fight that that didn't necessarily land, but it got me to jump. Absolutely. Feints from Volkanovski on the outside, Makhachev back at the center, four thirty, four twenty nine. 
Microsoft backing up a little bit when when Volkanovski does does some of the feints. So I, I'm I'm fully expecting Volk to start playing into that. Maybe initiating those blitzes again. Yeah. Nice slip from from Volk. Little low blow there. They yep. both acknowledge it. Mark Goddard lets the action go on. 354, 353, 352, 351. Nice left hand. Lada says, oh, oh, left hand square on Volkanovski's chin. Nice counter right by Islam. Yeah, the slower right. pace is going to favor right Islam. The, the slow jab, yeah. You throw that you throw that that sort of slow labor jab out there. Expect it to get countered in that fashion. Oh, Makachev. Nice level change. Levels. Very nice level change Very in the quick open. Takedown. He's got his little ankle cuffs on him. Reaches for the wrist pin, takes the back exposure that Volkanovski gives trying to get to the fence. Islam body right. triangle. Yeah, that was uh that was risky. I mean, you understand, you know, wanting to get to the fence, mm -hmm. but to to go to that limp to get to the fence and essentially give up your back in the process that's um, a a big gamble right there for Volkanovski. Yeah, bigger weight classes you can get away with that a little bit, unless you're facing Marcin Tibora, one of the few guys who will take a back <laughs> back at heavyweight. We saw Bogoy do that move, and I felt bad for Bogoy because I'm like that would that usually works at heavyweight, featherweight though no, uh, or lightweight no. Especially against right, Alex Makachev. Yeah, in the body triangle now, you know, and with the and, and against the fence, it's going to be very difficult for Volk to try to do the textbook thing, which is putting the pressure where the ankle is and where the ankle locks up. So, you know, looks like Volk is going to be stuck here for a little bit unless he, he figures another way out. Yeah, I like that he's keeping a positive attitude, you know. Uh, not that you should be surprised or anybody is surprised for a guy like Volk, but I know it's something that uh, I and, and, and many will try to do in precarious positions. You try to psych yourself out that it's not as miserable as, as it is. Smiling is, is a good answer, but uh, he's going to need more than that. All right. And he, he certainly needs some space uh, off that fence if, if he were to get out of that body triangle. It looks like Mike is squeezing that tighter also. I don't know if there was a glove grabbing that Goddard was trying to stay on top there, but I they're back to work. I think that was, yeah. Yeah, there were some fingers in the gloves there uh -huh. that, that forced a, a brief pause. There's a lot of hand fighting going on for obvious reasons. Volkanovski doing his best to not get, get sunk into that rear naked choke and, you know, seeing if he can turn... Um, to take top position over Makachev. Very difficult to do in that body triangle. Yep, though. at the very least, he's trying to get his, you'll see here Cormier talk about this, get his hips into a certain pocket to where he's not back-to-back -back and perfectly aligned with the mat. He's trying to get into an angle and kind of sit his lower back and hips. As much as he can, Makachev has great position uh, with a tight body triangle, but Volk is at a kind of slightly negative angle, which is good. You want, you want to keep the position negative. He's really trying to keep yeah, his see, back to the mat and Makachev off to his left, if you notice, folks. Right, and and Volk for a second there was trying to pin Makachev's arm under his own leg um, to, to no avail right there. Makachev looked like he, he realized what was going on, repositioned his hands, and now is once again threatening that choke. 
Yep. That's also Makachev's underhook side that Volkanovski is sagging toward, which is good because the underhook side is what you can use to transfer to come up for head and arms or topside mount to finish the round. So might as well stay stay safe, have a good attitude like Volkanovski is uh, displaying and recoup for the next round and, you know, kind of surrender this one, if you will. Yeah, this is um definitely a great round. Great, excuse me, great way to end the round if you're Islam Makachev, especially coming off of that third round. Yep, and it's not it wasn't just the grappling, folks. Makachev did land some 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 good counters in the striking, uh, you know, uh, phase of that round. It wasn't too high pace there for for Volk, uh, probably as he would have liked. So, yeah. Feel free to uh, oh, sorry. Your, no, no. Feel free to put your scores in, folks. Well, me and Ann aren't aren't scoring right now, but feel free to let us know what you guys think. Yes, please do, please do. I'm I'm very curious what the the general public is thinking of the uh, of the scores right now because uh, no scores yet. Just talking about the non leveraging strikes that Volk was throwing off of his back. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I appreciate the spirit. But I, I'm not one to count those too high. I, I hate when those are overvalued, and I love Volk, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, you could I, I, you could argue that we got two you know close rounds in the beginning, and then you could argue maybe a, a round apiece since not too hard to argue for Volk three, probably not too hard to argue for Mach four. But again, I'm calling it. I could look crazy saying that right now, folks. You you feel free to let us know. We're getting ready to start the final round, round five. Waiting for the cage to shut. Mark Goddard counts us in. And here we go. Four fifty seven. Four fifty six. Four fifty five. Sportsmanship to start off the round, and they're back at it with the violence. So, yep. every round's pretty much started off the same. They they start in the center, sort of filling one another out. Uh, Volkanovski pawing for for that lead hand, switching stances, teasing the uppercut. Oh, nice counter uh, counter left from Makachev as Volkanovski landed the leg kick. Yep, almost kind of acknowledged that. Let's see if po- Volk tries to take initiative, set the pace. Yep, body head. There he goes to the leg. Nice leg He's got kick. Makachev on the back foot now. Volk firmly in the driver's seat right now. Taking, ooh, good knee by Makachev in the left knee. hand. Knee coming in there. Um, Volk eats that one. It's like, nice lean back from from that hook from Volk. Yeah, that was sweet. We'll say every time Volk gets going though, like this, it feels like Makachev is 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 able to sting a counter and kind of settle the party back down. Yeah, so we're seeing Volk very committed still to that, yes. that sort of high-fly offense to come in, charge, blitz in, get your licks off, change levels. Uh, two knees that he ate in the clinch there. Excellent uh, knees. From, from very effective against Volk, which makes sense, the stature, but uh, this is one of those late discoveries where he's like, oh, this is actually working pretty good. So, you know, maybe <laughs> that's a note for later if they fight again or any other future uh, Volk opponents that have uh, a similar style archetype. That knee was great, though. That was a very, very well-placed knee, followed up by an equally well-placed knee. And Makachev gets the takedown with a quick level change. Volk is back up to his feet, digging for the underhooks wow. as they go against the fence. Volk is a warrior. you got to give it up to him regardless of how this shakes out. I mean, that was impressive. Separates yeah. back on the attack. What a fight. Very, Three very minutes nice. to go. Volkanovski has handled the grappling against Makachev better than anyone else at 155 has so far in the UFC.
Yeah, Saruki not far behind in that argument, but I completely agree. And and, and particularly impressive, obviously, being that Volk is a natural 45-er who could probably make 35. That was his initial goal getting into the UFC was to go down to 35. Interesting seeing him here. Yeah. It's a giant lightweight in Mahachev. Uh, it's an interesting position right here. Mikeshev tried for that single leg and trying to crack sort of him down. stuck in that position. Ah, nice move of the hips by Volk. Maybe a little oil check. No one's telling. It's okay. Nice sprawl. <laughs> Makachev still on the signal as they separate. High-level stuff there, ladies and gentlemen. Very nice sequence there from Volkanovski. As he continues walking down Makachev, let's see if he can if Makachev can land one of those really sharp counters again to sort of take the steam out of his engine. Makachev looks like he's really digging deep for this one. You can see it on his face. Volk trying to press the wrestling on him. Makachev able to defend. Wow. Still has the energy to play defense for Makachev as he separates the grip. High wizard, but Volk with superior outside cage position. One minute and 30 seconds to go as Volk looks to trip Makachev to the floor. No dice. Wow. What Volk a fight. Got, yeah, Volk's got Makachev against the fence. They separate. And he's back at it with, with the punches. He's still walking him down. Volk, uh, excuse me, Makachev looking tired. Right wow, he gets dropped with the with the right hand in a competitive round. That 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 could be enough for Volk, especially if he's able to stay on top here. This is a Absolutely. crucial round for Volk both. Takes top position in the close guard of Makachev, landing punches to the body. You see Makachev going for risk control. He's definitely going to try to set up, at least thinking about a, an armbar or a triangle attempt. Makachev feeling like it. let the risk go. Volkanovsky loving it. 30 seconds roughly 30 to, seconds go. to go. Wow, this is a crazy fight here. Makachev looks like he's just hanging on. Has he done enough to hold on to his title, or will Volkanovsky be a double champ and further cement himself and his pound-for-pound pound greatness. Ten seconds. Wow. Volk unloading from top position as the clock winds down, and we're going to make it to decision here. My goodness, what a fight. We go the what distance. What an incredible fight. Volk raises his hands. Makachev back up to his feet, raising his hands. But how do the judges have it? How does the chat have it? How do you guys have it? This is crazy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, what that's a fight. Uh, this is a nightmare fight to score, I must say. I'm so glad I'm not a judge right now, but what an excellent fight. No he matter what those judges say, Alexander Volkanovsky deserves his flowers right this second. Yes. That was an, an amazing challenge to, to take. Um, and he survived it at the very least and and certainly impressed in many spots. If he didn't walk away with the win here, he's still a winner in my book. Yeah, me too, man. I, 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 I as much as uh, I've been getting everything wrong, it feels like I wouldn't mind getting this one wrong at, at all. I said that in my breakdown, um, but I also said it would go to decision. I wish I bet that, especially with the night I have, we'll, we'll, we'll get to a recap once the dust settles here, folks, hold on, hold those thoughts. But yeah, uh, I think Volkanovsky takes five and three. And in that case, you only have to really have an argument that he gets at least one round on at least two of the judges' scorecards between rounds one and two. I don't think that's too crazy. We could we could see a new champion here, folks. I don't want to get any hopes up. We aren't scoring. Let's see. 
But, uh, yeah, wow. Wow, that was that was a that was a hell of a performance right there. I'm. <laughs> I, yeah, this is definitely not what I expected to happen here tonight. I'm I was pleasantly surprised. The part is I'm gonna be uh, not mad if Volk wins. I'll be happy if Volk wins, but kind of mad at myself because I kind of I expected this. I called for the, I picked Makhachev, but I said it's gonna be very competitive and close. Is it gonna be close enough where I can confidently pick Volkanovski? Not enough for me. You know, I ended up picking Makhachev, but um. Again, I warned anybody discounting Volkanovski, anybody believing the hype, believing the lines. Um, Volkanovski deserves respect regardless. And, and Makhachev, this was a great, great experience for him regardless, too. So this is good for mm -hmm. Makhachev as a fighter, folks. Wow. Retains. Whoa. Wow. I missed the numbers. Did anyone catch, uh, catch numbers in the card? 40, 49, 46, and two 48, 47s. Who had the 49, 46? I mean, hmm. you know, uh, I think it should have been 48, probably 48, 47 either way. I think, if, I think. Yeah, I mean. I think Volkanovski had a closer for uh, argument for 49, 46. He had two of the three definitive rounds, which is not only more definitive rounds, arguably, than Makachev, but if you have two to the three, you really got to make a good argument to have a 49-46 the other way. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's... Um... Let's see what Twitter's saying. It was close. It was close. No, no, no complaints here, especially the fight we saw to start the card, folks. I mean, there's definitely... I'm, I'm not... Uh... Makachev getting interviewed now. Let's see. great yeah no not crazy scores mm. let me uh yeah i'm gonna try to share this out um well and we'll uh, give our uh, last thoughts after these uh post-fed interviews if you're cool to stick around at a little longer yeah yeah we stick around for all a few. right all right let me get this uh get uh, pulled down for having a little bit of post-fight last time, so hopefully this is still cool, because I know it's picking yeah. up on my mic. I want to hear what Volk says. I'll turn this back down. 
Ghost Phantom 49-46. Credible fight. Wow. Let's see if Volkanovski's attitude is. Hopefully he's uh, still a good spirit. Just as upbeat as he was when uh, Makhachev had his back. That was nice of Volk. How close is that, class yeah. that is Volk? He said, you know, uh, maybe I didn't respect his striking enough either. Because that's what I was saying is both sides, there's people disrespecting, and they both proved their doubt yeah. is wrong tonight. Yes, yeah, so if both guys really got to do what they like to do. so They shouldn't go down and stop. Both men can, yeah, they, they both can walk away proud of, of what happened, regardless of the scorecards. Absolutely. Volkanovski gets the respect he deserves after this. This is uh this is something we're letting Yep. Wow, what a what a fantastic all class from Volkanovski. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. There we go, getting everybody <laughs> on the pit. What I mean, how, how good is Volk, man? Yeah. Getting the crowd up on their feet and uh, giving respect to to his uh you know his his you know competitor there in Makhachev. Um, love it, love to see it. Yeah, I, if you're in the the lightweight division, if you're a Justin Gaethje or Dustin Poirier, like one of the guys that has been been sort of cast out of the the title picture thanks to the you know Khabib and you know and, and his offspring essentially, mm -hmm. how encouraged are you by tonight? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd say very encouraged. Very encouraged. Um, we got. Some people coming in on the chat. James Kendrick says, I never understood the disrespect of Volk in the first place. Why did people do that in the past? Um, basically, I think it's because, not because of his attitude, that's for sure, but he beat Max Holloway and Jose Aldo, man. Like, those are two beloved dudes, you know? Like, that alone, even if you do it in all class, you're going to get some some crap for it. It wasn't an exciting fight with Aldo. You had some close, but, you know, uh, some people thought controversial cards with the Volk-Max series earlier on. Um, I, I, I didn't, the, the, the close fight was the second one. And then you got the mix of the avid Makhachev team Khabib fans who are just some of the most vicious fans out there in the space, you know? So you got a mix of both those things, I think is your answer right there. But Volk is a great guy, man. He doesn't deserve any, any strays. Yeah, for sure. 
For sure. Like class act, total class act, the way he's handled everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think I definitely think he uh he proved his his point there. Now uh you know, again, folks, someone asked about recap shows. Like I said, like last week, which makes sense. I feel like we need a. I, I joked on this week's podcast, and I was like, I feel like me and Ant need our like our postcoital cigarette, kind of to, to to talk just for a little <laughs> bit after this ends, even though we're not doing anything coital. But you know what I mean? It's like we have. Yeah, no, I I get it. I get it. I'm all for the dirty jokes, man. Um, I I do. Um, I'm down for that, man, because this this it answers a lot of questions and ask even more. You know, I really thought that Volkanovski was going to be very rudely reminded why weight classes exist. And that, that's very frankly what I thought was going to happen. I, I tried not to, to show it so much um, tonight, you know, chatting here uh, before before our audience. But that's that was those are my thoughts coming into it. And Volkanovski not only was very clearly the smaller man, like he used – he used all the things that a smaller man is supposed to use with the speed and the quickness and changing levels and the variety in his offense. But he also met uh, Makachev head head to head in the, in the areas that Makachev was supposed to dominate him in, yep. you know, and arguably could have won that, that fight. So Volkanovski, even though he came up uh, on the, the losing end, he's still pound for pound number one, if you ask me. Yeah, and I know it, it, it's ultimately, it's subjective, it's silly, it could be considered Batman versus Superman stuff, but as a as a as somebody who, you know, will raise his hand and admit that he's a fight nerd and into the history, um, I do appreciate that having pound for pounds, why they did it in boxing uh, for the Sugar Ray Robinsons on how to give proper credit to lower weight classes and what we mentioned before about lightweight being disrespected, right? From how the Jens Pulver days to even to today by the UFC matchmakers, how they disrespect that division, um, the way they book it week in and week out. Like, yeah, you know, maybe you could argue as silly as it is, maybe there there was and still is a need and a way to give credit and credence to these lower weight fighters that kind of unfairly slip through the radar. And yes, um, I do believe that Volkanovski proves and he shouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, even though he's got a head-to-head loss, which I know that always kind of falls, but I don't know if he should lose that because, I, you know, as Makachev, even though how much he proved tonight, and I'm not trying to hate on him, and I want to praise him here in a second, but I will say um, if there was any argument for pound-for-pound rankings, it was that is, is Makachev really num- number two, and is he only number two by default because of our recency bias, right? Like, what did he really do to earn it? You know, he didn't have the hardest path to the title. He didn't even defend his title. He hasn't gone outside of his weight class multiple times like Volkanovski has in and out of the UFC. So these things do mean something, folks. So you're not crazy to say that, and you're not alone, Ant. Thank you. Thank you. I felt like I could have been on an island there. But, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to the smaller guy who goes up and puts on a performance like that. Yep. You know. Yep. Dropped him multiple times. You know, he got dropped himself, but he, you know, he put down the bigger guy a couple of times and and was able to outgrapple him a couple of times. Like it was, I I, I imagine if if someone that was bigger did technically the exact same things that Volkanovski did, we're looking at a clear winner. Yes, absolutely. Some of those, even those takedown positions, like I feel like he he would have he would have been able to get him if it wasn't size. Whereas like. Islam had him dead to rights on some spots and Volk was still on conversely able to get out. Right. Like he lost the fight ultimately. But when you're, 
when you're looking at these things, you know, within their own realms, much less the context that they were coming into this fight with, I don't see how you don't walk away with just crazy respect for both guys. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Ghost Phantom says, let me answer Ant's question with another question. Is there any lightweights with the ability to game plan like Volk? Um, hmm, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, the thing is, though, I'm not going to put it on the fighter necessarily to game plan. It's It's got to be the fighter's team. And I think we have a lot of guys at lightweight that have very capable teams behind them that can do the heavy lifting on that. You, yes. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Dustin Poirier's Diago Alves and, and having his that is a very experienced team that could put together the game plan necessary to beat Volkanovski I mean, uh, to beat Makachev based on what they saw tonight. Man, do I do I expect Makachev to come in his next fight and be the exact same guy we saw tonight? Of course not. He's gonna have new wrinkles to his game. He's gonna see where he was vulnerable in certain spots and he's gonna try his best to patch those holes, but. I think you look at that they're flashing the top five right now in the division on the screen. All five of those guys, um, and, and Oliveira included, uh, in a rematch, could potentially do that if if they were trained appropriately to do so. I think so too. Yeah, it's a big thing if as the team. And you know what? I was with you too with that Dustin and American Top Team because I technically picked Dustin. I knew it was a flyer. But I technically picked Dustin. I took a flyer on him to beat Khabib. But, you know, and other analysts have brought this up. Despite their really good coaching there, it was really frustrating in that fight. It became apparent that, like, you know, uh, the game planning is arguably what was... Not that Dustin would have won that fight anyways, but the game planning was arguably what let him down in that fight as far as keeping your back to the cage, that kind of really negative cage positioning to fighters like Khabib or Islam is... is can be really troubling. Even Volkanovski, who you know is really good with fighting his back to the cage, like he even he wasn't as comfortable with it. You could see him trying to take that front foot initiative. Um, the person I actually like the best, Ant, is Benil Dariush, but I like him mm -hmm. a little less because the one thing uh, Dariush in all matchups, I always got a question is his cardio and staying power, and seeing Islam go five rounds like that against a guy like Volkanovski at a pretty decent pace, right? Some rounds were maybe a little slower than others, but a pretty decent pace throughout. Arduous wrestling, right? The fact that he was able to come out on top on this one makes me like Dariush's chances less, but as far as the skill for skill go, I like Dariush's skill set. Yeah, Dariush definitely has probably the, the best skill set overall um, to do it. I just... I, I just have a lot of faith in Poirier's ability to do it simply because if he if if he takes the same sort of striking approach that Volkanovski took, mm -hmm. some of those blitzes, changing levels and whatnot, going for the body, leg kicks to finish combinations, there's going to be a lot more power behind that. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Does, yeah. does, does Islam hold up to that? You know, if you have someone with the, the punching power and the accuracy and the frequency that Poirier has been able, been able to put on, like, do, do you really – does your body hold up to it? This is the guy who out leg kicked Justin Gaethje. You, you know, yeah, that that's got to mean something. Yeah, man, it's um, it definitely, yeah, I could definitely, as you're saying that, see some shifting combinations from Poirier. I'd love to see it. I, I love me some Poirier, man. I'd love to see it. But we'll see how that lightweight division goes. They're finally having these guys branch out and fight fight other people, right? Um, as far as like we've got like what Gaethje Fazeev and, and some things like that. that that's what's been holding back that division is not just his lack of exposure but it's just lack of like matches being made to forward the division it's been an, 
again, the lightweight division has taken the strays among strays in the history of timeline, folks. Like, give it, give it respect, and give the people who built it respect. Um, we got some more people in the chat coming in. Uh, Synchro Wing says to parlay off of Ghost, but Dustin Poirier's team is only at ATT Wall Walk, which is pushed by Islam's team. I'm sorry, I I, I mispronounced or misread that Synchro Wing. Uh, you're talking about the ATT, uh, the wall walk, which is punished by Islam's team. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. They use the wall walk to get up, and it's punished. Not just the wall walk, but I referenced in our live commentary, Poirier went to switches a lot, and that was a really bad mm-hmm. tactical choice. Um, and uh, and I, I didn't like that because it was getting him into trouble, and you actually saw it get Volk into big trouble um, in this fight. It was when he elected to switch, and Volk, smartly, he elected not to switch the next time he was in that position, right? Um so, so interesting notes there. I still love me some Dustin Poirier. I'll, I'll always think he has a chance whether I pick him or not. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Michael Chandler too. Um, you know, probably the the one who's has the most similar build to Volkanovski. It, it would it would make sense for him to try to replicate a lot of what Volkanovski did. And yet again, there'll be more power on on the punches, more power on the kicks, um, more you know solidified credentials wrestling wise or whatever that that can negate some of uh, Makachev's uh, grappling offense. That that sounds like an interest, interesting interesting one there. But since I brought up the name Chandler, let's just go ahead and address the elephant in the room, the elephant that's always in the room when you're talking about the the lightweight title picture. Michael Chandler's next opponent is his coaching opposite uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, yep. I, I mean, yeah. You know, if if he beats Chandler when this fight actually happens, you know he's getting a title shot, and you know exactly what the promotion's going to look like. You know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, it's it, it, the writing's on the wall. This is what they want to happen. I'm going to have a green clover-shaped treat while you're um, talking about a green clover-shaped sheet. <laughs> shite. Uh, <laughs> that didn't even work. You know what I was trying to say there. Um, <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? That's actually perfect you bring that up because that, it only is sadly true, Ant. Um, I guess shouts to myself because I probably need it after tonight as I look over my results here. Um, my, my, my analysis, I don't get to write analysis like outside of the UFC washing machine beat that it keeps me in. But when I do, it does tend to age pretty well, which I which which I appreciate, you know. Whether we're talking about you know prospects or um, I did a you know McGregor potential opponents last year, and in the article I did projected odds for a bunch of different people, and uh, not only did I get it right for what Chandler's uh, odds are, but I also said that it's probably the person McGregor low key has the best chance of beating, um, because of Chandler's fight IQ and the fact that you know. A faded Tony Ferguson, if lest we not forget, came out southpaw and was lighting him up with like, you know, a poor man's janky Conor McGregor moves. Um, you know that it was a real bad look for Michael Chandler. And I'm like, if Tony, you know, Tony, I know if he 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 eventually won that, but yeah, that is bad. So if he does win, you know, the UFC is going to try to set that up, and then we're in store for that mess, which I don't even want to speak it to life, but it is worth mentioning because it could happen. Yeah, I mean that's, you know, I have to say that's that's probably exactly what's going to happen. That's probably exactly what's going to happen at this point. Yep, yep. And by the way, I'm celebrating the treat because like I was actually going to bring um, a bottle of uh, 
it's not even like that nice of whiskey I, I have and drink nicer whiskeys, bourbons, or scotches or whatever. But like, uh, everyone's got a weird little like uh, tradition. And my tradition, if it's like a winning night, Ant, for the gamblers uh, that are uh, in the chat or, or, or watch and listen to the show, I also have a sip of Woodford. Woodford Reserve. Oh, that's good stuff. I was yeah. like, okay, Woodford, W, W, winners. Woodford's won. I haven't had any <laughs> Woodford this whole year, and uh, I forgot to bring it to the table, but it didn't matter because we're not, we don't, we're not using any uh, this one. I did get wins on the main cards. Like I whiffed last one. I went 0-4 and won the main card. This main card, because uh, that's the main thing me and Ant watch, so we're not going to do anything in depth. We'll just kind of touch on results of this main card here. Uh, I went. Three one and one. Of course, there was a draw to open the night with Crute Menefield. Um, man, but uh, this fight actually, and it's it's tough. Uh, I I don't want to bump my chest because it was another losing night uh, for myself. Uh, but the annoying part about these losing nights, the hard thing, it's like analyzing fights, picking fights, and betting fights are all three different things. There are three mm-hmm. completely different things. You can analyze a fight. Um, your analysis might point one way, but you know what? Maybe I'll just pick this other person because I've got an inkling feeling. And then you end up being right. Analysis be damned. It was your gut feeling, right? Um, But maybe you don't even bet on a side. Maybe you just bet on something different, right? Or you pick the fight one way, but there's no value on the side you pick. So you throw a little sprinkle on the other side. So again, picks, bets, analysis, all three different things. And uh, I'll tell you, Ant, it really burns. My, My analysis seems to be spot on, but these picks and plays, neither of them are our go go to spot on. We had the main event. I got right, like really right, actually. Makachev by decision, much more competitive. Um, all the threads that I took the time to tweet out, like each guy showed the Volkanovski, the the the, the turnings, the fighting the hands, um, you know, the Makachev classic moves, like all those things were all in play. And uh, and uh, and yeah, um, I don't know, man. It just it, it didn't. By the time the end of the night happened, I'll be honest, folks. I was kind of like, ugh. Your boy got washed again. And then in the, the, the co-main event, and I'll throw it to you here, Ant, as we transition to the co-main event, I was really spot on because I was saying, again, you know, cage positioning, kicks, uh, body and legs, body you know, uh, bo- body KO round two. And it was funny. I had uh, Rodriguez KO, Rodriguez KO round two, and fight doesn't go the distance, which was the only bet that cash. It's my most confident mm-hmm. and biggest bet of the card, at least. And I didn't bet a lot, so it wasn't a, a too big of a loss. But I was like, man, I was trying to keep my cool while we were calling it Ant because I was like, if he got that <laughs> KO in round two, that would have made up for the whole night. Like, I lost every bet up until that point. But that fight happened, like, exactly as I – pretty much as I saw, minus the triangle at the very end. Of course, now Emmett wants to grapple. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. But, uh, but, but yeah, no. Um, my results aside, again, I stick to what I said. It was a fantastic, well-rounded performance. Like, you could not be happier if you were a Yair Rodriguez fan coming out of the co-main event, regardless of what you think of the title. Definitely, uh, because I think that the conventional wisdom says that the interim title, um, if there was a nece- if it was necessary to do an interim title fight, then it should have been between Josh Emmett and Arnold Allen. Mm-hmm. Arnold Allen, of course, just got booked to fight Max Holloway uh, at a fight night event coming up uh, pretty soon here. Um, but Yair, man, he did. He did exactly what I thought he would do, except for the triangle choke. Like that was that was the one thing that I that I didn't expect to happen. I thought that we would see um, see Emmett go go head hunting, try to land that big bomb, and get just victimized by a variety of offense from Rodriguez, kicks from all angles, punches, cutting angles and whatnot. Like he that he would find a way to sort of 
trying to try to play Matador to the bull and, and get the win. I thought it was going to be like a third round TKO. I, I kind of thought it would be set up by the body shots and he dropped from that and, you know, get some follow up strikes. But uh, I'll take the triangle choke, too. That was fantastic from Rodriguez. And now it's like, does this make you more interested in seeing him and Volkanovsky like unify the title? It does more than it did before, obviously, because I was very, no secret, very down on this fight. And it wasn't anything against either fighters. It's just, you know, again, you could pick holes in their resumes. Not that it's, you want to play that game. It's not fair to play that game, right? But it was easy to do here. And I've been a big critic of Rodriguez, despite being a fan of his style, because I'm I'm a Taekwondo guy. Like, if anybody loves spinning to win, and these kicks is me, you know? That, that's the thing, um, uh... I hate about like being accused of like being like a hater of the guy, so to speak. But at the same time, like, uh, yeah, I've definitely been critical and hard on him. And seeing a performance like this even gets like a curmudgeon like me excited, you know. And I didn't even care about the interim title, and not that I care about it now. Uh, but I, but I do care more about the matchup. To your point, Ant, uh, I, I think everybody's a little more excited for that now. Yeah, that that should be should be an excellent fight. Um, I, and, and yet again, like we saw, we saw an evolution in Rodriguez. We saw him add elements to his game. We saw him respond to a, a particular style matchup that that probably should have been more difficult for him than than it was. Um, what does he add for the time that he has to face Volkanovski when when that fight is announced? Like, what does he come in looking like? Sorry, repeat that one again. I was reading something in the chat. Okay, I'm just saying, what is he? What what does um what does Rodriguez look like against Volkanovski? What new wrinkles is he going to add to his game at that point? If we're seeing, you know, a, a now consistently evolving version of him. I'm not sure what's going to evolve. It's mainly just offense, really. Um, he did show improved defense. You noted that in the live commentary. So he can show, you know, um, uh, you know, more maturity, respect, better game planning, preparation. We're seeing signs of those things. Honestly, I think it's just um. What's always going to make him dangerous is the growing list of offensive threats because before he would get a lot of credit for doing stuff off his back that was really a lot of slop. That would always kind of piss me off in the close fights with maybe not so much with Dan Hooker wasn't a close fight, but even with Charles Rosa, which is a close fight that doesn't age as well as being a close fight. No offense. I love Charles Rosa. Just saying. Uh, but like you would see Rodriguez go to these like non-leveraging leg tie-up 50-50s where there's not even a leg lock in play. And you just hear everybody getting wild going, ooh, creative, dynamic jujitsu. And I'm sitting here doing the Dan Tom GIF. Like, come on, there's nothing there. <laughs> uh, so, like, to actually see him, like, do just bread and butter, triangle, waste no time, mess around, you know, uh, fuck around, find out. And, uh, you know, um, that's, you know, Volkanovski now uh, is definitely going to have to respect him, even though Volkanovski has really good ground and pound and top game. Uh, we'll definitely have to respect him on there. Speaking of uh, Volkanovski, Ghost Phantom says, I'm actually happy Volk didn't go to his half guard underhook getup because you know Islam would have went with a cross wrist ride. Yeah, it could have happened for sure. I guess that's one thing that didn't show up in the analysis there. But honestly, um, aside from uh, the back control against the cage and another decent control time along the cage, um, Islam didn't really get Volkanovski flat uh, in the open or on the mat for too long, really, for any of the leg lock conjecture to play out good or bad for any of the half guard get up conjecture to play out good or bad. Um, Volkanovski just didn't even let the transitions get that far. Did he get stymied and stalemated at points? Yes. But again, that's huge. The fact that he didn't even really let him get deep into the uh, swimming pool, so to speak. Yeah. Um, 
Sorry, I kind of lost my thought too. No, no. <laughs> anything on the main of or we can go back to it. But anything on the main or co-main event before I push on to uh, Rude Boy Brown and Della Maddalena? Oh uh, no, no. That that's um that's all I can offer. I'm still kind of in the the shock of the moment of how yeah. how incredible that main event was. Um, that was a great great fight. It's a great fight. And, and and not and not that not that great fight in the sense that oh we saw like a bunch of a bunch of bloody action. We saw mixed martial arts at the highest level in all ranges of combat like that is the best that that mma can offer like we saw elite level striking we saw elite level clinch work we saw elite level groundwork we saw scrambles we saw everything that was a sampler platter of mma it was it was yeah that's definitely one of those fights you know maybe not crazy like uh submission scrambles that might have been the only thing missing if you're nitpicking of course but really, you're right. It really was a great kind of platter of, of, of kind of everything there for for the main event. Just just high-level MMA all around. And again, uh, my respect for Makachev has increased. Not that I disrespected him. I just, again, just say easy on the hype and don't disrespect Volkanovski. So hopefully you're in that. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena, uh, hopefully here in some more respect too. But at the same time, as a guy who loves him and picked him to get it done early, I kind of would like to see Jack in some longer fights. Uh, he gets it done against Randy Rude Boy Brown. I know um, you were jumping streams on on this one, Ant, but um, and and you, you gave me your thoughts kind of already. You said you weren't surprised, so I'm taking it that you 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 kind of picked uh, Della Maddalena on the way in or expected him to win. Yeah, I, I did expect him to win. And I think also too, just partly partly because of the matchmaking, you know that that he was put this prominently on the on the main card of a pay per view in his home country. They they tend to stack that deck in the favor of the home fighter. Like that's 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 normally how that goes. And Randy Brown is is someone who you can slot in those positions. And either way, you're going to get an exciting fight. Randy Brown just is allergic to being in a boring fight. So yes. you know something entertaining was going to happen. Uh, in all likelihood, though, as we saw against guys like Bilal Muhammad, hard ceiling on where on on where we can expect uh, Brown to go. And this was that that testing moment for for Jack. Yeah, Jim, good enough. I don't think that's fair. I think Randy Brown is anyone's good enough on any day. But aside from that, Randy Brown is super talented. Like I said on the breakdown, this was just a a, a really tough Styles fight, a a, a a a trickily tough. If I'm making up words here, because Della's a boxer and Randy Brown comes from boxing, so you're like he should be comfortable in this kind of a matchup. Like no, no, no. Randy Brown, you know, again, he fights with his back thing, but the counters, um, the jab counters, and again, the cage positioning, which is what did him in here, because he was actually doing good. Another reason why I do think Randy Brown is good enough, he was doing good in the fight uh, until he wasn't. Again, Jack wasn't using leg kicks or even his patent body work as much as I thought he should until he was able to crown toward the end for a really, you know, abrupt finish, but... Randy Brown had some really good looks early on in that fight. And like I said, he's also training with um, the uh, crew down there, Daniel Gracie crew in Philly. And if you look outside of this loss, most of Randy and, and the Luke loss, most of Randy Brown's losses uh, are to grindy wrestler types. And that's what most people are going to want to do to a guy who towers over everybody in the division. So the fact that he's working with grindy jujitsu guys, like this is great for Randy Brown's ceiling. And that, that was kind of the part that had me feeling bad for him is that this seems like a matchup he should do well in, and I hope it doesn't affect his too his, his confidence too much because I think Randy Brown is making the right moves. This was just a tough matchup. Yeah, yeah, the tough spot to to go in Australia and and take on someone like Jack. Yes, absolutely. 
of the Jack Slack timestamp playlist project says, we love Jack Della. He is body punching at the highest level. Yes, yes. Big fan of Jack Della as well. Uh, what was another fight over? Oh, yeah, had Parker Porter versus Justin Taffa. I was setting up and uh, just I just linked up with Ant on Skype, folks, when this fight happened. And I didn't even see the shot. Apparently, it wasn't a check right hook, so I guess my analysis wasn't that right. But I said either Justin Taffa cleans him with a counter early. I said it was probably specifically going to be a check right hook. It ended up being a left. But if he didn't, that Parker Porter was going to try to show off his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He did not, which means the Porter sub sprinkle um, wasn't much, but it was a part of the round robin, which was Porter sub, Yair KO, which didn't happen. Dello round two. Again, I, I've went Dello round two like every fight, and I keep coming up short. I'm destined to hit it. You know, the guy, had a, not anymore, um, had close to half of his finishes in round two. I thought he was going to have trouble with the reach, which he was. He actually was having trouble with that reach early back to the Randy Brown defense and why I thought it was going to be round two. He was going to need about a round to find his range. Of course, Jack maybe needed only a half a round before he abruptly found the finish. Um, obviously, the Yair KO, that wasn't crazy. We saw even me calling it to the round. You know, just it just some... Some guys are lucky, some guys ain't. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, an- another one I had, uh, Malarkey under 2.5, the Malarkey Prado. Like, how did that fight not go under? Even people who don't bet and are, like, kind were, like, eh, and are, are for safe fighting were, like, you know, Malarkey should probably step it up here a bit. I think you could get this guy out of here. And uh, lastly but not leastly for me, um, which is the main event, I was going to avoid totally because it was as volatile as I predicted. Of course, when other people, shout out to my guy Aaron Bronstetter, who was in my DMs, uh, reminded me that he cashed fight will start round two. Um, he, he was able to put his hand in the cookie jar safely. Of course, your boy here, it's not like I'm not due for a good turnaround or nothing. Nope, nope, nope. Couldn't be. Thankfully, it was only .117U, literally 17 ducats was all it was. But I, I'll tell you, if that would have hit um, round three, uh, crude by sub at plus 1800 for $17, it would have uh, paid off the entire bankroll for this evening, so that was close. It was uh, that was just oh. Uh. So again, it's just uh, so close. So that 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 is the story of my <laughs> life when it comes to these ants. So uh, apologies on tying you into my. Oh, um, no, you're fine, man. My crying into my beer portion of the recap, but you know. <laughs> hey, man, I learned my lesson with betting on fights long ago. I bet ten bucks Smart. that Shane Carwin was going to beat Brock Lesnar, oh, wow. and I, I want my ten dollars back. So. I should I should have learned that. At that moment. Hey, you know I should have learned that. My first bet was um I, I sprinkled on Forrest Forrest Griffin to get the upset on Anderson Silva. How's that for a first uh, MMA bet, huh? Ooh. Watching that go down in oh. flames. You're just watching Anderson Silva mm, dance yeah. with dollar bills. <laughs> jabbing him in the face. <laughs> He's just jabbing with the rent money. <laughs> it was great. No, I think it was only like fifty bucks. It was like my first play or whatever. Um, just for fun, you know, if, you know, I, uh, money I didn't want to see again. But uh, yeah, gamble responsibly you out there, folks. Definitely didn't see that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gamble out there responsibly, folks. At least again, I didn't uh, put out a lot. I'm transparent um, and uh, always preach responsibility. In fact, that's uh, this uh, wasn't just me getting on my high horse this weekend talking about like the UFC and DraftKings, like how they'll give like ridiculously irresponsible promoted bets. I think we talked about that the last time we were on here for that Magni or whatever for the last pay-per-view, Ant. Then they had a, a lady on there just giving bets that she didn't even know the definitions to on the broadcast yeah. while UFC <laughs> is amidst a betting scandal. You know, nothing wrong there, folks. Oh, no, no, nothing irresponsible no. there. Nope, nope, nope. And it's just annoying. So I'm like, good. why do I – why does my ass like, you know – 
bother like I actually like when I'm nego- behind peek behind the curtain, folks. When I negotiate for these for for betting places, like I make it a point that I I am not held to. Uh, I have to make a bet or I have to use language to force people. Um, most people don't even give two shits about these things. Like I actually go through yeah. in my contract with these things. Like that's how much I care. So to see people get way better opportunities than I'll ever get and see them just saying like, you should cut yourself and see what happens. Like it's really annoying. <laughs> They're like giving like that <laughs> advice. So hopefully you guys uh, didn't cut yourself. You guys made out better than me. Uh, any last minute thoughts in the chat? Hit them before we get out of here. But uh, this was a card that started rough i'm talking about n- nothing from picks and place here i'm talking about from the judges uh and maybe even some of the pacing right the pacing was a bit rough but man did it end on a good note for some silver lining here yeah for sure like it, it's it's hard to it's hard to walk away upset uh, you, you know when that's the last fight we saw yeah it's very difficult to walk away and when you had a co-main event that that delivered on on the excitement very difficult to just walk away uh, unsatisfied. That main event was phenomenal. Alexander Volkanovsky did everything he wanted to do in there except get the W. Uh, Islam Makachev as as well, excellent fight. They they both put on a hell of a performance, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to what both of them do separately. I certainly hope that this doesn't warrant an immediate rematch. I want the I want them to to fight in their own divisions, and perhaps this can be built up again. Um, if if it comes back around. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, fleeting questions from the chat before we get out of here. Miles Hackett, what did you think of Islam striking improvements? I thought it would have been a big advantage for Volk, and it wasn't at all. LOL, don't feel bad because Volk uh, was classy enough to admit that he had the same thoughts as you, Miles. Um, it impressed me, but at the same time, and I'm not saying this to defend myself or anything, put myself up, I, I honestly didn't underrate it. And as a southpaw myself, I understand that there is an inherent counter advantage from that stance, even when you're facing a quote unquote better striker. So uh, it doesn't surprise me as much, but it impressed the hell out of me as it should you. And uh, it sh- it don't feel bad if it surprised you. It surprised uh, it surprised Volk even, right? Um, so yeah, uh, it looks from destroying the planet. Sorry, uh, James Kendrick. Last question here. Says so Loma trained with Wei Lee for a better part of four months. Ah, oh, you guys aren't gonna let me get out of here without a Wei Lee question. Uh, <laughs> Wei Lee for the better part of four months last year, where they shared coaches, drilled together, and technical spars. So why was Reed able to reverse position when Loma gets better looks from the best straw weight? So why was Reed able? I, I wasn't see. I, I didn't watch that fight that close. I just saw that Loma got the submission. So um, I, I can't see what the uh, criticism was uh, or, or or speak on that. Um, but for the positives, I guess you could maybe attribute the positives to training with Whaley. I know someone else from the chat mentioned that for a potential improvement to Loma's grappling, and she got a she got an RNC win. Always happy for uh, Loma Lukba, me. Um, but yeah, it, it, it it's and back to a previous note as we tie up and get out of here. I'm about the last fight being so amazing. Like I'm honestly glad I didn't bet on it. Like I I said the only bet that I was looking to make on that fight and the rest of the card was it for that to go the distance. And if I would have, I would have came out probably as a winning night, but here's why I'm still glad that I did not bet that fight because some cards are like UFC 189 is an amazing card for a lot of people, right? Whether you're a Connor fan or not, right? That's a legendary card, right? It was a crazy mm-hmm. card. Like objectively, it had a crazy build and all these things. Now, I happened to bet on that card, you know. I happened to bet on not just Connor, but, like, more importantly, I think Robbie Lawler was a bigger bet for me on that card. That was a crazy fight, right? And I ended up 
winning that bet, the Connor bet, ending on a good night, winning overall, enjoying the card. But I always have this feeling like, man, what if I had a horrible betting night? Would that have like ruined it for me? Would I have allowed that to ruin what is an amazing card? Which happens all the mm-hmm. time, whether we want to admit it or not, folks, if you do the betting thing, whether it's for small money or bigger money. That's a danger you play with that. And I was able to escape luckily there, right? But how many times have there been cards that kind of taint your experience? So regardless of how I did, I was really happy once we were calling that last fight of the night, Ant, because I'm like, uh, the bets and all that pressure from my, because it's part of my job, I kind of have to do it, right? And unlike people who put irresponsible bets out there and then don't play them, I actually put responsible bets, show my work for them, and put my money where my mouth is, and don't just tell other people to go lose money. Neither here nor there. The point is, it was nice to have that part of my, 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 my work over. And like just to be able to enjoy this, these fighters for who they are and what they brought to the table. And then for them to deliver that, I'm so grateful, Ed. I'm so grateful, and I'm glad yeah. I didn't taint that experience for myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you said that because I'm, I'm not a better. Uh, you know, I don't I don't gamble in any fights. I, I You know, I barely even understand Smart what man. some of the odds Smart mean man. and stuff. I just Good. I just kind of. But I, but I do think I consistently make fight picks. I consistently try to analyze the action and rewatch certain fights right. and look for technical things to pick up on and whatnot. Um, so I will say since becoming involved in MMA media, there's certainly a big part of you that the fandom dies in a way. So yeah, I've been cage side for some huge fights and didn't walk. I enjoyed what was going on. I enjoyed you know my job. I I, I enjoy being around the fight atmosphere and whatnot. But there's a certain level of fun that you just don't have when it's work. Yes, that's you know, true. No matter true. how yep. much you love the work, it, some of that fun just has to walk out the door as a result of you being work, you being a professional, and you're trying to maintain a certain decorum and whatnot. But it's so nice to just turn that off and just watch a fight and just enjoy it and that's what that main event provided it there was a chance for and not just and like i said before not just enjoy it in the sense that we saw people hitting each other and his blood splatter right. and you know just this sloppy ex- excitement no it, it was it was a refined taste it was it, it, it was it was like fine dining for fighting it You're was watching the absolute best of the best of the best and they're performing in every range of combat like the best of the best would. So how do you not enjoy that? To not for you to not have money tied up on that and you can just take that part of it off of your brain and just appreciate the action and we can just talk about it, like that's that's fun. And I that's why I love this stuff. Yeah, like I, I, I hate to say this because there's so much to improve and continue to improve, but I actually felt like I had some decent moments of calling it, if I dare say, as far as like exclaiming. Yeah, absolutely. Not, yes. I got caught absolutely. up on my words more than I didn't, by the way, but there were points where I did it. I thought I sounded good, but I had to remind myself to call it because I was just so into it, to your point. Yeah, it's. There definitely were times where I was just quiet. I'm yeah, just like, right. oh my God, what's going to happen next? And oh, that's right, we're, this mic is live. There are people that are that are watching and listening right now. I better say something to somebody. So, yep, yep. yeah. But it's that. But that's a good. That's a good problem to have. That's first world problems. Absolutely. Say I, I was enjoying this fight too much to to talk. That means the fight's great. Absolutely, absolutely. Last comment before we get out of here from Ghost Phantom. Regardless of who you think won, we can all agree that it was an amazing fight by both Islam and Volk. Simpler, that's all you got to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you guys for all being here. This was awesome to do again with y'all. We went two hours and 20 minutes for roughly three fights and uh, some recap. It, that was kind of the perfect amount. And even for these big pay-per-view cards, the way the UFC books, it's slowly kind of turning into boxing to where uh, – 
it's kind of top heavy anyway. So uh, I I felt like the, the, this little balance for 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 right now has has been working out nicely. Uh, what do you think, Ant? I, I I agree. I agree. It's a it's a nice amount that we can talk about some of the bigger stuff on the card and if something of interest comes up as the you know the prelim card is going we'll, we'll address it w when it's time but yeah we'll, yeah we're, we're here for the titles we're here for the big stuff absolutely absolutely pause so hopefully yes yeah <laughs> pause yeah don't clip that bohachinia depot don't do my man dirty and anybody viewing that as a hiring um ant already uh slipped and told you why he's a real one because uh the fact that he said that he's not having fun at these events um, shows you that he's actual real media because um, a lot of people and I'm not trying to throw shade or anything I'm just uh, I'm not, I'm not going to mention names or anything so I'm, I'm honestly not trying to throw shade but I'm just gonna... of the mind where if I get a credential I have to work and not everybody thinks like that and I'm not going to be one of those people who shows up and you know abuses and makes my outlet look bad um, you know makes myself look bad you know um, there are people that will you know go you know be drinking beers instead of doing their job getting you know credentialed like i've heard horror stories believe me folks oh yeah um, i've seen them yeah we've, we've yes, seen them yeah so so we've seen them all so yeah. it, uh, but to keep it positive i will just say uh, aunt, aunt is a real one he, he clearly knows his stuff and just the fact there's the limit test right there like anybody who actually does the work at these shows and doesn't get caught up being a fan like that's a real that's a real media member that's a real person doing their job um so much respect to you Ant, and the rest of y'all who uh who hold it down uh for real Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You too, Dan. Um, this is, once again, a great time. Great time. I, I love talking about fights, man. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Be sure to like the video if you haven't already. Subscribe if you're listening in the future. Future on Apple uh, Podcast. Uh, please give that a, f uh, you know, a five-star rating and review. I'll probably do a, a formal recap just by the, for the next breakdown show since it's like Santos and now, or not Santos, it's Andrade now and Blanchfield. Um and uh, I still got to work next week, so I got to turn over to the washing machine and try to get ahead of it. I think I'll be doing a recap, though, with uh, not not heavy hands, but the Fight Site boys, baby, on the Fight Site podcast. Uh, uh, I'm not sure who it's going to be, if Silas or Tuman or who, but doesn't matter. They're full of amazing analysts, uh, amazing talent on that podcast feed. So uh, make sure you check them out, uh, thefight-site.com. Um, yeah, mixedmartialanalyst.com. The website's back up, uh, running. Uh, host this here site at Dan Tom MMA, as you can see me below. At at Ant Walker MMA on Twitter is where you can find him. Ant, and anything you want to plug or say uh, before we get out of here, stage is yours. Of course. So you can find my work on MMA on Point. I've got videos posted regularly. I'm I'm turning in scripts all the time, so they they got stuff that they're working on that I have my name attached uh, before long. We also have the Living Death Show, my uh, weekly podcast with Jay Petri and my, my man Ben Duffy um, on my podcast channel, The Walkout Network. You can check it out. Dan was a fantastic guest a couple weeks back, so he'll fun. be back on soon. Yeah, fun. we had a great time on that. So make sure you check that out. That'll post on Tuesday. And let's see, other than that, yeah, that's that's about it. You follow the Twitter, man. You know, Clapback Cartel. You say something to me crazy, I'll say something crazy right back. We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna have a great time. So hip hop conversation, uh, fights, all that good stuff. Hit me up on Twitter. We'll talk. I love it. I love it. Thank you for being here again. And uh, that's it on the plugs for me. I don't deserve to uh, plug anything else, especially with the results I've been turning in. I'm just happy y'all are here. <laughs> I really do appreciate it, honestly. So thank you guys. Have a good night and always protect. The next. I'm from a land down under.